from TDA Live Studios, it's Late Night War Games, starring Adam and John. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Late Night War Games. I'm your host, Adam, and with me, as always, the wisest of Kensai's, the Margot Maiduroc, John. Hello. Good evening. How's it going? Good, all right. Excellent. Well, tonight we are joined in the studio by the man that almost made John rage quit infinity, PJ Holmes. Yay! Yay! Howdy, awesome. y'all from Texas. <laughs> How's it going, PJ? Not too shabby. I'm enjoying the, the cool weather. It's like 50, you know, which is frig- frigid down here. Oh, man, that's a that's a nice, lovely Oregon day. Yeah, right. right? I, I'm ready to walk around so, in shorts uh, and a T-shirt. Yeah, right. What are you what are you drinking on this this fine, balmy evening? I am enjoying a fine bottle of eight year old Ron Vija de Caldas, my oh. favorite rum from the Caldas region of Colombia. I enjoy I discovered it when I was living down there briefly when I was studying abroad. And uh, I love rum. So cheers. Excellent. Excellent. John? I am. Uh, I just am polishing off this uh, Westward Stout cask whiskey that Still my lovely wife it. got me. Well, no, it's done. It's done. It is now oh, all oh, in here. Okay, good. And there's there's <laughs> not very much left of it because we've been working on it. So excellent. And uh, I'm having a Hop Valley Macho Libre. Um, picked Ooh. up ninety percent because of the name. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, because little Mexican wrestler masks on the thing. It's pretty cool. I want to be able to say macho. Um, and when that's empty, I have the last of my stash of Willet Bourbon, cask strength. Excellent. Uh, to get me through the rest of the evening. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna buy anything that <laughs> nice. isn't cask strength anymore. <laughs> right, like you're Why wasting not? money if you're not. I know exactly. You're just paying for water. Boo. <laughs> Oh, that's that's actually pretty good. I have not been a big fan of IPAs lately. So it's nice to uh to go back and have one. So yeah, man, Ariadna tie, but let's 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 pump the brakes. We got some other things to talk about. We do indeed. But first, the evening news. John, why don't you tell us what's going on with the Bromat Academy? Yeah, so this month we're asking you to play it KG and keep something hidden until the last turn. So that means either keep something off the table with airborne deployment or in hidden deployment via what was originally called TO Camouflage. Um, keep it off the table until the last turn and then uh, reveal it, run in for the game-winning you know, points flip or something like that. So that's, that's basically the mission. Write in, let us know how it went and be entered to win a blister or Bromine Academy patch, your choice. Um, and then, of course, we've got our stealth rule um, painting contest. So any model with a stealth rule is is cool. You just send it in, and uh, you also get entered to win some stuff, including a sculpted uh, 3D printable thing by Chris over at Monsters Makings, and he will uh, actually print and ship one to your door, because I will pay him to do that thing as part of the Bromine Academy prize package. So... Uh, not having a 3D printer is no longer a, a excuse to not choose that price. So he, he does excellent work. We should definitely um, take advantage of his excellent skills and his 
uh, 3D printer. So that's that's that for Bremen Academy. Um, I else? feel like I could use that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I also feel like that you're this month of uh, holding everything back till turn three is a month of constant reminders of when John beat Adam. <laughs> well, that's that's all in your head. I did not I did not intend for that to be the case. I can clearly go find some more battle reports that aren't against you where I do that thing, or other people have done it to me. But the most recent battle reports, which were the easiest to copy and paste, so I, I was just less clicking. Right? So we'll just we'll just say it was it was due to my laziness and not to your skill level. There, there we go. I'll take it. I'll take it. So, yeah, excellent. That sounds great from Brimad Academy. We've got a little bit of uh, news about one of the other shows on the Dicebyte Live network. Yeah, why don't you why don't you tell us all about that? Yeah, so uh, we've actually been having a lot of fun hosting Eric doing the Are You Worthy show, and we've now expanded it um, even greater to just the general umbrella tabletop throwdown. So we have Eric, we have Tim, we have Clint, all of which are very good players and uh, like to do the tabletop simulator. So they are basically taking all comers live on Sundays. Uh, it is no longer just Are You Worthy? Although when, you know, when Eric is hosting or Eric is playing, of course, it'll be Are You Worthy? When uh, Tim plays, it's the Chainsaw Samurai. And then, of course, uh, Clint, the pseudonym, pseudonymster, yep. pseudonymster, pseudonymster. Yep. That's it. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll still do the commentation, right? So we'll we'll, we'll have commentary and everything. Um, somebody will be playing, somebody will be commentating. Uh, the plan is for in the new year. We're not accepting any more folks for this year because we're taking two weeks off at the end of the year to just have uh, Sundays with the families and so on. But starting next year, we're going to do um, some matches leading up to uh, a final sort of title match at the end of the month. So let's say you challenge Eric. He will be your opponent at the end of the month, and you can play as many practice games on a predetermined map and mission. Right, so you will play supplies on this tabletop simulator map, um, for example, and then uh, you can play as many uh, test matches as you want against your friends. And then Eric will stream one or two games before that, playing the same mission, the same map, so you sort of see what's going what's going on. And then we'll uh, live broadcast and commentate um, commentate that uh, final match against against whoever our star of the show will be. And Tony Cho has actually offered to be one of those folks in the new year. So we'll, we, none of the scheduling has worked out yet. But if you are interested in doing those things, let us know via the many ways you can get in touch with us, and we will definitely find a room in the schedule for you. I believe uh, we have folks as far away as uh, South Africa on the docket. So we'll definitely uh, have some international throwdowns happening, which is really exciting. So that's pretty right. Yeah, we'll have to wait until after they play to do prize support. Shipping there ain't cheap. Yep. 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 <laughs> we will figure it no, out. This is a this has been a lot of fun kind of doing it the very, you know, sports ball presentation of Infinity. Mm -hmm. Um and clearly I've leaned into that heavily on the graphic design front. Well, wait wait so. until you see the the fully animated and active lasers. Fully operational. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. And air horns? Are there gonna be air horns? There John? will be air horns. All of the air horns. Excellent. <laughs> Woo! There we go. <laughs> so, John, there's been a little bit of news on the uh, Defiance front. Yeah, basically what um, they've told us is that uh, there's a little boo-boo in, uh, in their collateral. Basically, they're missing a page in the manual. They're also missing some tokens for Blinded and Smoke. Um, they are aware of it, and they're going to ship all of that to all of the folks that are affected immediately ASAP all the go fast words. Um, so 
you know, CB is going to take good care of you. If you've ever had to um, ask for replacement parts from a blister or a box, you know that they're really good about getting stuff out, out their door real quick. So um, I have no no concerns about that, and uh, we should expect to see that uh, in our inboxes soon anyway, just like the full set. I think early next year, I think, was the, the last estimate. So Oh, man, I can't wait. I know. They're doing their I best. I cannot wait. I, I love dungeon crawlers, and so just the idea of an infinity-based dungeon crawler makes me very happy. Right. I'm excited I'm gonna make to play, you play with, with you. me, John. I, I will play with you, Adam. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to be a good time. Uh, other, other stuff in terms of Kickstarter news. Um, there's also Obsidian Protocol, right? Ooh. And so they've released another devlog, and you can see they've got this uh, very nice and visually stimulating dashboard, which is impossible to read. Uh, but it has a lot of filled <laughs> boxes, and filled boxes mean it means it's done. So if Filled is good, is what we've learned. Uh, so we, we want as much color on the page to to uh, to visually confuse the reader, but more colors equals good. So I guess that's fine. Um, but yeah, they're they're basically uh, hiring on some more folks to do the um, to do uh, the modeling work. There's a few, you know, they're talking about some actual engineering problems they've got in the the mold making process. So it seems like you know they want to design sweet robots, and, and a lot of them probably have some engineering experience or at least some CAD experience. But now they're now they're having to do it for real and actually do it at scale. They're experiencing some issues with you know design for manufacturing stuff, which is something that all mechanical engineers are very familiar with. So. Uh, this is not surprising to me at all, but uh, it's very nice that they actually are so transparent with what's going on in their process. And they talk about, uh, you know, they're going to hire some more some more folks here, which is which is pretty cool. So kudos to them. I look forward to even more Stompy robots that are more future and less bubble than Infinity, because I like my hard-edged robots. Uh, so yeah, should be should be a good time. I'm glad you backed this. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had. Well, I, I I both wish I had, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> but I'm very See, much looking forward to playing with John's tech. toys. Right. Sorry. All my friends backed BattleTech. No, none of one, no one I have locally backed Obsidian Protocol, and I was like, blast! I should have done that. Dragon. Yeah, I, I almost went all in on that BattleTech, having played one like beginner lesson with John about how to play the game. I was like, yeah, I think I should just have it all. Yeah, I, I very carefully resisted that. that was because, like, I, I love Battletech, but the problem was, like, just playing it with you, and it was late, right? And, it, and we were just slogging through. It was just like, okay, I hit you again with a full SRM volley, and I do, like, four points of damage, and you have, like, another 20 points to kill in that location, and it's going to be a while. And there's a lot of nuance and and tactics to every decision you make, but it is a bit of a slog, and uh, you know, a fight between four models takes longer than a game of Infinity. So as much as I love Battletech and I love the story, uh, I don't think either of us have the time anymore. <laughs> so I think we'll have to move. <laughs> we'll have to move to other other uh, incarnations of the game, like um, like Mega Mech, and I think we should just play that because then PJ can play too on the internet. So I hear that's a thing you can do these days. Ooh. So maybe one of these tabletop throwdowns will be me versus PJ in a game of Battletech. What? That'd be crazy. That's so yeah. much. Wait, so, so what's what's Mega Mech now? Mega Mech is a Java program written by engineers for players of BattleTech. That should tell you everything you need to know. That's. It sounds like it's probably about as good as Fumble. So Fumble might be better. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> 
goodness. Well, it's, I mean, they yeah. I just I just pulled up the Mega Mech site, and you know they are on version zero dot forty six. In true engineering fashion, it's not version one yeah. yet. So, nope, it's not version one. Actually, they're on uh, for, version zero dot forty seven release fourteen. It looks like actually. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Got to patch those bugs, Adam. You yeah, got everything in your Bugzilla SQL database to 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 this, act on. This was clearly made by an engineer. They'll never have a 1.0 release. <laughs> I know. We're not allowed to. That means it's oh done, and we're proud of it. And engineers aren't proud of anything we do. That's just the way it works. Zero dot nine hundred and seventeen. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Um, other news. Let's see. Uh, Saga Age of Hannibal is a fun thing. Oh yeah, PJ, what have you done? <laughs> I can't help it. It's a great game system, and it's super simple. I I've always been sort of iffy on historicals. I like the idea of historicals, but I don't like rivet counters, and I've never been a rivet counter myself. But I appreciate that at the same time. And a lot of historicals are just too chewy. I but I prefer spaghetti I water counter, sir. I see. I see. I see. <laughs> But uh, the, the rules are, are pretty straightforward, but it's technically complex. I love the, the dice, the Saga dice system where you activate on your battle board. You roll your dice to determine where, and you allocate those resources to determine what units you activate, what special abilities you trigger. And they've successfully rolled it out on a several different genres. And Age of Hannibal is the latest release, and it has been gangbusters crazy popular at my shop. So yeah, that's I've the been, uh, I would look at. Yeah. I've been pushing it hard. They got two of the books in the trilogy that are coming out for it as well. They've got Alexander, and I am blanking right now because this is not my first glass of rum. But there's a third book, and I'm sure we'll post about it later, or I'll remember in a second. Or um, the interesting. Show. So, but, when the game first came out, was it just Vikings? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was just Vikings. So, so John, there, there was. I, well, I remember like a couple years back at Adepticon, we yeah, saw we were, some people. We were in the Saga Hall, and we were watching people so, dressed up as Vikings yell at each other. Yeah, yeah, but the, like they were only playing with Vikings miniatures. Yeah. So it's interesting because it looks like they've rolled out their dice system to involve other eras, and then they built in an, I think it's an optional magic system for what I can tell. Uh, there's a whole book called Age of Magic, and the idea with Age of Magic, they give it's the same battle board system. We have different unit, di- different armies, and you roll dice for those, with the option to take a sorcerer and magic as sort of a Warhammer fantasy alternative, so that you can just plug and play whatever army you have. There, there, there's an, there's a battle board that will fit Skaven or dwarves or an Empire of Man elves, undead of various flavors, and you can just plug and play your units because the Again, it's they they have a super simple rule set. You have a warlord, and then you have hearthguard. Again, you can tell that the Viking roots of the game, which yeah. are your best troops. It one it costs one point for your warband to recruit every four of them. Cost one point for every eight warriors you take, which are the sec. You know that the warriors are basic bog standard troops, and then you have your levies, which are generally pretty terrible, but there's a lot of them. And it's one point for twelve of those, and your average game of saga is around six to eight points. Interesting. So you, it, so you don't need a whole lot of dudes for it either, though. So most saga games are around twenty to thirty guys, unless you're the crazy person who runs just all levies, which is a terrible but hilarious idea. 
We're like 64 levies. Let's go. That's the person who played Skaven, doesn't like Warhammer Fantasy Age of Sigmar, and is playing Saga Age of Magic now. Interesting, yeah. It's So for me, I've always had this kind of relationship with historicals. Like, I like Test of Honor. Mm-hmm, same. Because, because Test of Honor is like, we're kind of historical. We're, we're what, you, what you think historical is, as it, opposed to what it actually is. It's film historical. Yeah, and, and like, a lot of, yeah, exactly. It's Kurosawa historical. And like so many historical games that I've played with miniatures are actually pretty freaking boring if they're yes. accurate. Because like a dude with a spear versus another dude with a spear is usually a, a dude with a spear against a dude with a spear. Like they're they're roughly equal. It's gonna come down to dice. Like yeah, there's there's gonna be some you know interesting things like the Carthaginians and Saga with their elephants and stuff like that throw things off. Yeah, but it's it's arcade that system seems Sorry? Saga is arcade mode for historicals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is much more appealing to me. Same for me, because I, I didn't... I, I've painted commission work for historicals before, and I don't really want to paint a thousand British Highlanders again for War of the Roses or something like that, and just to have them all be basic stats, but the sheet for the stats and how to play the game is that long and eight-point font and the rule book's 42 pages... Just for everyone to be a musket versus a musket versus a musket, you know? And oh, this one's smooth board, though. Oh and my god. The difference like, mathematically is pretty minimal. Yeah, you show up to the game, it's always like, uh, excuse me, that's a late war tank. We're playing mid war. So you're going to have to get that off the field. Like, <sighs> done. Done. <laughs> well, it's also why I kind of like Team Yankee as well. Because, again, like you said with Battlefront, like Flames of War and such, mid war, late war, early war, it gets kind of hairy. But Team Yankee is just like, Go and have fun. It's it's Red Dawn 1980s silliness. So I'm like, ah, I'll play that. Wolverine. You know, it's the thing I like about Team Yankee is that it's it's like all of the heavy military tech that we like basically jerked off to growing up that never actually got to see like a crazy <laughs> war that we would be like, yeah, send in the Harriers. <laughs> like, yeah, like all that stuff you actually like get to pretend got to be used a lot more than it did. See, I, I, that's why I run Polish because they have really cool, interesting things that you sometimes saw because they, sold, you know, the Soviets sold it to Iraq or some other country right. too, and they're like, it, it's just silly. You see a Shoka firing, you're like, ooh, that's kind of cool, and a couple of Heinz. I'm like, yeah, I'll paint those. This is fun. That nice. everyone plays American, so I'm like, I have to be the bad guy, and I'm gonna, if I'm going to be a bad guy, I'm going to be someone weird like the Poles. Like the Poles. <laughs> <laughs> Remember us. <laughs> we matter. Sorry, all the Polish listeners. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so Saga, really cool system, yeah. super popular, and you can use whatever minis you want, which is great because I'm using sort of Hollywood style Spartans and plugging them in wherever I want. So I run them under Xanathipes of Carthage if I want to go to Carthage Force, or uh, uh, I'm brain farting again. The uh, Spartan lieutenant of uh, uh, Pyrus. Whenever he decided to go invade Sparta and got himself killed with a towel to the head from a roof. I mean, I just want to replay Jason and the Argonauts. Is that too bad? Right? <laughs> like, I just want like my Greeks battling random skeletons on a hill. See, that sounds like a blast. Hollywood historicals is what I'm all about, and that's what Saga does for me. So we're all pretty excited about it. John may have gotten a book and Adam's reading the book, so maybe, maybe you maybe. guys might play it. That might happen. We'll see. It'll be a good time. 
We have cruel I mean, seas and other things to play too. I, yeah, also, I've got that too. Yeah, I, I I have victory at sea now. It's in oh, it's right. in the other room. Yeah, right over there. You got the itch there from that oh, the historical resin. Yep, yep, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, right. um, I think that sums up the news. Yep. Have uh, Have you guys got any hobby in? I Don? have. So I have oh. been frantically assembling combined miniatures and Caledonian miniatures. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I know. Usually, usually it's something that only you can do, but uh, apparently I can do it too. So uh, <laughs> there's a secret in this photo. Can you see it? Oh no, I don't. What am I seeing? There's, there's, there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of Caledonians. I'll give you a hint. One, one of these things is not like the other. That's an Oxbot. Oxbot, yeah. There's a bot bot. Yep. That is a Garda de Assalto in the back. Oh. I managed to snag that mini, and I it's missing its antennas and everything, but I'm sure I can find a suitable replacement. But I have one, and I will field one eventually. Yeah. Obi You're going to be the, the, the smoke nano. Yes, I will, I will fire that smoke grenade on a 10, and it's going to land. And then I won't be able to shoot <laughs> through it because it's Eclipse. But that's okay. It's okay. Are you uh, uh, are you going to give it the multi rifle or the Spitfire? It's got a Spitfire, uh, oh, the old school. Spitfire, yeah, right. it's, it's got an old school like tiny Spitfire. I mean, it looks great, and it's going to look great when it's painted yeah. up with the scheme I I chose. So it'll be fine. Um, I also have been putting together my combine. So there's the Umbras, and uh, I've uh, what are the Suryats? The the mobile regatta equivalent. Yep, Suryats. Yep. Um, I still I still have like I still have terrible uh, you know identification on all of the combined minis. I'm like, this is a, I can like, this is a more, this is a Shazvasti, but that's about as far as I go. Um, and then I put together a bunch more. Crap. That looks so distinct. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, this is, I think I've got the old school, um, Sograt Fuhrbach in the back there, which is like a chonky boy, even, even today. And I, I really, I really like that pose. Uh, and there's a ski in there somewhere, I think. Um, but yeah, so that's happening. I'm gonna to put together my anathematic and my Sphinx and all those other all the big toys soon when I have more time. I, I just had this was like a you know post Thanksgiving push, so I just had some projects that were in 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 progress. I wanted to finish them up. Uh, I actually been painting up my Mark 12 Kriza and with the intent of maybe putting him on the board one day after we do all this army hopping, which is very tiring, honestly. Oh. I thought it would be fun, and it's getting to be a little unfun now. Uh, I really want to, because like the problem is, you know, I I want to really dig dig down and like explore uh, a faction and really try stuff out, but we have to move on for the purposes of the show. So, thankfully, this and the next episode are the last two remaining. So we'll do Ariana then Toha, and then we'll be we'll be got to stick to some faction for a while and actually get to to plumb the depths of N4 with that faction. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then I put together a few. Yay. I put together uh, what is it? Void Tango, and I'm really yep. proud of this guy. Gosh. Uh, which is the oh, Void yeah, Tango great. Yeah, HVT, and I made her a Warcore because uh, she looks like a Warcore that would be in the streets of Portland today, but with a cool drone, which I guess is also a thing that John, happens. Yeah. Was your, uh, was your Nomad logo on that Kreeza freehand? It is not. That is actually sculpted onto the model. So oh. I, cannot, I cannot claim credit for, for doing that. Uh, that, is, that is sculpted onto the model. It eyes is the Kreeza unit patch that's also sculpted onto the model. You filled it in nicely. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it's clean. 
I, I spent a lot of time squinting and uh, I actually have painting glasses. Uh, I went my, I, in the long tradition of my family, we always go to my cousin who's a, a optometrist and um, he gives us a good deal. We have to go to some literal alley in Hong Kong for this. Um, but he gave me a good deal. I was like, get me, like, can you change my prescription so that like it's focused to like here? And he was like, yes, but that's not what you should do. And I was like, no, no, that's how I paint. And he was like, oh, okay. So, so I have a pair of glasses that are specifically designed for that. And then I sat on them. And so they're a little cracked now, but they still work. So it's fine. Everything's fine. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. it pays to know people who are optometrists and they like you because they're family. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dexter. I, I, it, it was, uh, it was a bit of a chore painting it, but I, I enjoyed. I, I'm enjoying the, the, the crease. I, I hope to finish it up. The primary thing that's holding me up right now is, uh, it's a, one of those dual layer, um, Orsonol Tunguska bases, and I haven't primed the bottom layer yet. And I'll, I'll glue it together and mm. post it mm. soon. I have, I have, I have them. Um, I have one of these thingamabobs, which I don't like because they don't focus at the distance that I want to work. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I actually have uh, computer glasses as well uh, for when I'm not streaming. I wear that to read like tiny text in a terminal. But yeah, that's that's what I've been up to hobby wise. What about uh, what about you, PJ? I've been doing a couple of different things, uh, working on historicals a bit, and some of those are sideways. Um, yeah. So blood and plunder. So Ooh. speaking again about more historical games and how I, I wasn't really a fan for a long time until I discovered ones I enjoyed. Blood and Plunder is a ton of fun. It's like Hollywood Pirates. It's Blood fantastic. Blood and Plunder is really uh, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I love how it has a tight ship combat system and a tight land-based combat system. And the new Kickstarter just finished up, so they're going to move to the 18th century with the rule set. So that's where a lot of really fun and interesting piracy things happen. You see the new Jamaican sloops start making an appearance mm -hmm. in the Caribbean, and well, I could go on for a while. But uh, yeah, that was a Reaper miniature of a nice pirate lass. And I just did a couple of layers. I've been toying around with the airbrush and seeing how different colors stack up. And not so much speed painting. I I'm doing speed painting right now with the airbrush on my Spartans for my Saga Age of Hannibal. But with her, it's just building up each layer by layer, seeing how you can see the different colors bleed through a little bit so her skin has a lot more depth to it but her clothing has mm -hmm. a lot more depth to it starting with that purple and the blues and you add a little reds underneath and you end up with nice shadow effects as, as things start bleeding through and then you start doing the brushwork and everything just pops and yeah I pick out, pick out I, the I last bit of detail with it so far yeah she looks great man oh, yeah. I, we've i've watched this uh, progress over the last couple of weeks and months and, and it's just really really turning out to be a, a very poppy stylistic piece i like it this is definitely a game that I've always kind of kept my eye on. Yeah. It's always been yet another game. Because we, we, um, we found it together. At, uh, that was the one at Adepticon, right? Where the guy was dressed up as a pirate. Yeah, yeah. Like and like they, the, the models look amazing. And what's funny is that the models are all 3D sculpted, but they're 3D sculpted in a way to look like they're green stuff sculpts. And That's the new Kickstarter classic. stuff is all plastic. So the ships are plastic. The troops are plastic. What? Oh, there yes. you go. That's the thing that's happened. Super exciting. Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, the new 18th century book and the new two-player starter set, you get two plastic sloops and two plastic pirate forces. So you can swap out the bits and build them however you want. And they're still sculpted in the same style, so they look 
hand sculpted, even though they're plastic miniatures. Mm-hmm. It's really sharp. Oh, I do like their Blackbeard miniature for that. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. fun system. I mean, basically, for those of you who don't know, you get to like fight on ships, and you can your ships can shoot at each other, and you can board have boarding actions, and you can also fight ship to land, land to ship, and land to land, right? So there's always rules for all of that. Um, the demo game that Adam and I played started off with both of us on ships, I think, right? Like my ship yep. was chasing your ship, and then immediately you were like, "How do I ram?" That was like your first yeah, question I, for the guy. What's important? <laughs> I, I can't think of another more important rule in a game like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I immediately learned why you don't ram as you like pistoled my guys to pieces. Yeah, the brace of pistols just pew, 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 all <laughs> the bullets. Unlimited ammo handguns. Yep. It's just like the pistol in here. It's rude. It all works out. It's fine. Yeah. So but she's again, very. But when yep. Yes. So, what else have you been working on? There you go. So when I'm not painting, I've been doing a lot of 3D printing lately. So even though we can't have any gamers in the shop, sad trombone noises, womp womp. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm still expanding out and seeing what terrain we have available. There was a, a fun Kickstarter by 3D uh, 3D Load Scenery, and they are doing a whole village system. So these were two of the freebie buildings that they put out. You can get both of these on Thingiverse. And I printed those out, was quite pleased with them. These are supportless, by the way. These are both on FDM. I threw oh, some wow. paint on the little Viking hut. That was from their earlier Kickstarter. And the next building was from Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein? I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sure. But uh, I backed that one, and I'll probably bump it up to a merchant tier, to be honest, mm-hmm. and start selling some of those. Being able to print something that quality with no supports is fantastic. And they're even tidying these sculpts up now so that some of the undercuts, you don't end up with any stringing that you have to clean up either, which is phenomenal. All the buildings open up and the doors slide out too. So you have fully playable interiors. I think the next photo shows some of that. So I've been printing these up. Yeah. Oop, too far. I don't think I have that photo in there. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, I don't don't see it in here, so... Perhaps, perhaps it didn't okay. make it. The, the roofs pop open and they have fully playable printed interior. Fantastic stuff. So I've been printing those up, trying them out. And uh, they should start sending files out in the, this week, beginning of next week. So I'll be printing up some larger buildings and have a nice Tudor style village or city, which works That's for some blood cool. and plunder, but also for uh, other historicals and fantasy games as well. Hmm. Say if you're going to play Frostgrave. Oh, yes. That's yes. super cool. That's very relevant to a lot of people, I'm sure, too. Yeah, it's really nice that so a lot, next a lot, up, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, you know open for just like just rules and you use whatever minis you want. That's a pretty fun business model, too. I've been loving that. So back to Saga. Uh, I've got a, a bunch of old uh, Crocodile Games miniatures from their War Gods of Olympus range. Oh. And I got their Spartans when they came out back in like 2007, 2008. Yeah, something like that. And I also picked up a handful of, of the old Max Mini resin helmets and uh, shields to convert up and make one of the hoplite units nice. So mm. taking the old bone saw, chopping off heads and re-sculpting hair and putting the helmets on there because, of course, this was 2007, so anything that was made to be modular for a miniature was made for a space marine. So yeah. it had yeah. a round little peg space marine neck nub that had to be sliced off. And Well, I'm not Obadiah, but I think I'm okay at sculpting hair, curly hair a little bit. I, you know, I can 
look at myself with my plague hair. No haircuts <laughs> for a year. But yeah, slowly getting them together. Uh, I think the next photo shows a couple of them, or at least the warband assembled. And I was even throwing some paint on them today. Yeah. Yeah, you showed us in our uh, our chat, which I can actually pull up in a moment. Uh, that would work too, yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, and I've even started awesome. 3D prints for them. So, again, Ooh. running them as... And again, just airbrush. That's uh, black with a Zenith white hit. Then I go back with red on the cape, green for the skin, and it was like U.S. olive jab for the skin, then the Steinvilles light flesh tone to give them that olive skin tone. And then I'll hit it back with some Reaper paints for olive and get the leather and do the bronze work on the shields. Not, not bad, though. Is, I mean, uh, I did all... Yeah, you're I running those Carthaginians? What was that? You're running well, them as Carthaginians? Uh, I them as uh, So the uh, first Punic War... Uh, Xanathipes was the, was hired by Carthage. He was a Spartan general with his Spartan mercenary warband who did really well for Carthage to completely reshape their military. And he went on and kicked a bunch of butt. And he was actually, you, you go a, a few years in the future, Hannibal actually read most of his work and looked up to him and based a lot of his strategies on Xanathipes. So... Mm. Yeah, it would be I'd use a Spartan warband that was a mercenary warband integrated into the Carthaginian army, which is historically accurate-ish, but still Hollywoody. Because I mean, yeah, these Spartans are Hollywood Spartans based on an army that existed 200 years previously. So I don't care; they look cool. The rule of cool wins for me. So yeah, for sure. No, for sure, for sure. That's really cool. Funny that you mentioned Crocodile Games. So like back in 2001. I think it was 2001 was the first time I went to a games day in Baltimore and I uh, ended up hanging out with Chris Fitzpatrick at a games day after party because those are things um, for quite a while right before he launched war gods. Um, so it was originally war gods of Egyptus and he showed me a lot of the designs he was working on. So like Chris Fitzpatrick back in the day is the guy that designed the original third edition dark Eldar which I was a really big fan of, as well as the uh, same era Dark of Dark Elves. Yep. Yeah. So he started off with that sorceress model that was actually, if I remember correctly, his test model to sculpt for the studio that they ended up putting into production. Um, he did the Witch Elves, the Executioners, the Blackguard, uh, all of the models of Dark the uh, Dark Elves of that era. So it was just funny, like, Crocodile Games was what well, didn't exist then. Um, but it was really fun. Watch, it's been fun watching him uh, slowly develop it further and further. I really liked War Gods of Egyptus. I actually played it a while forever ago. Oh, um, you got a ton of gear still. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, I do. Goodness. Yeah. I mean, like the sculpts, he hasn't redone them, right? But they hold up. They're all definitely within mm -hmm. his style, but they look really good. And his new stuff looks consistent with the old stuff. Which is nice, and it's like weird to say like his style hasn't changed in twenty years, but it's a good style. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Chris. Right? Don't, yeah, yeah. He he finally they shipped out the Olympus books for their Kickstarter, which I mean they, they joke about crock time and how everything takes a little longer, but they do deliver, and the the Olympus rule set looks solid, and the new models look great. The Corinthians look fantastic. Oh, I really like the Athenians. So, the Athenians and the Amazons. Yeah, I really like the Athenians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just, they look just sharp. A funny side, like I know him. 
I know that guy. Well, 20 years ago, I knew him, met him, hung out with him for a couple hours. Same thing. That counts. <laughs> what about you, Adam? What have you been working on? Oh, geez, a few different things. Um, I had Dan print me out a bunch of stuff. So it started off with that. So first, it started off with my 2020 Christmas ornament, which is the only Christmas ornament that I think is appropriate for the year 2020. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. (laughs) So the fire itself is like super shiny, glossy gold. The photos don't do it justice. Uh, So it looks like a proper Christmas ornament. And then the bottom is this gritty, they live inspired graffiti covered dumpster with urine marks on the back and everything. Um, That was a lot of fun to do. And then I tagged on um, all of my family names up on there. So everyone in the family is represented. Um, Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun. The they live uh, wheat paste graffiti was actually suggested by Lauren. And I was like, yes, I'll do that for sure. So that was a fun little little side project that at least got me, you know, it got me to, to dig up my streaking grime, you know, the 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 standard for anyone doing grimdark painting, mm-hmm. streaking grime, automatic grimdark. Yep, you're doing it. So that was fun. And then I uh, started off with up, upgrading the sword on my Montessa. So I'd originally hand done a sword that I was never entirely satisfied with. So I had Dan print me out. A proper sword. Yep. Lindy Beige would point yeah. out the back scabbard here, but I feel like it's fine. What was that? Lindy Beige <laughs> would point out the back scabbard here, but I feel it's fine. Who's Lindy Beige? It's it's a it's a it's a deep cut wargamer reference. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's fine. It looks fine. I couldn't fit it onto the hips. So Yeah. It looks on the great. back it goes. I know you wouldn't really be able to draw it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I thought the exact same thing. You know what? Maybe the side opens up. You don't know. It'll be open on one side. It's space technology, okay? Oh, uh, there you go. Thank you, Tabletop Check on. No, I understand why it's wrong, but it looks cool. It does look cool. So I'll take it. Yes. So, yeah, that was a fun little thing to uh, enhance. And I also did the sword down instead of up, so it's less likely to bend and break. Pretty happy with it. Yeah, holographic scabbard. It's, or, uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and then he printed me out a bunch of guns. So these are the first four guns that I'm tackling. I had got a second box of Extramoy, or Extramoy uh, Thrakatai. Mm-hmm. Basically, as soon as the army list update went out, I was like, oh, I'm going to want more of those things before they're gone. And I bought the last box on eBay <laughs> that was under, that was, that was actually like regularly retail priced. Right. It sold out at all of Derek's distributors. Um, so again, no, I need to have that got one. So I'll be whipping up the shotgun, which is the Enomatarkos profile, the marksman rifle because it looks cool. I'll probably rarely use it, but I might want to, so I'm going to make it because that's what I do. Um, another light rocket launcher, and I'll probably make the other SMG one also holding a light rocket launcher because. I want lots. Of, yeah, because sixteen-point light rocket launchers are amazing. Yes. Then the last break too. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yes. And then that last. We found the other steel is, player. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, 
the Taskmaster boarding shotgun. And I think it's just a little bit too small. So Dan is going to print me out one that is 10% bigger. Yeah, seems about right. That's but appropriately think... sized for like a Spectre and his weedy little arms, but not a big brute of a Taskmaster. Yeah, his, yeah. Pinky, his pinky doesn't fit on the foregrip. So... <laughs> Yeah, so he's gonna put me on one a little bit bigger. I've already photoshopped in to see if do I want ten percent or twelve percent. No, 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 ten percent. <laughs> um, and it'll look good. But then I'll have all four Taskmaster options as well. So yay for having all the things. Indeed, groovy. Uh, you also made me a guy. Oh yes, I did. I forgot about him. How could I forget about him? Um, do you have a picture? I do. Yeah, there he is. Oh so, my god. He's amazing. <laughs> so, so John wanted some more Catarans made out of his uh, Galwegian box. Yep. And the one with the rifle is a very easy candidate to make into a Cataran. No problem there. Um, and then there was the sword gun, the sword uh, armed guy. And, you know, I don't think much can say uh, Calde- uh, Caledonia more than a Cataran beating you to death with his sniper rifle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's so, just, it's just throwing actually, rifle. Yeah, it's a throwing rifle. Exactly. It was a really easy conversion. Uh, r- cut out sword, pin on sniper rifle. Yep. Done. Easy peasy. I did a head swap, cut off the top of his head and sculpted it on a cap. Yep. So. <laughs> it is beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's so fantastic. I love it. But now he just looks like a Cataran. Yep. I see no difference. So good. Yep. He'll he'll be throwing I, that I rifle at you stuff. at sixteen still... to thirty-two on fifteens. Yeah, it's one of those, <laughs> those two handed over overhead axe throws. Yes, exactly. Yes. And for you you uh um video game fans out there, Borderlands, it's a Teodior uh made weapon where they explode on impact and continue hurling them. Oh man. Is Borderlands a video game? It is, it is a video game. I preface with video game fans. I did. <laughs> well, that's right, you did, you did. Yep. I was like, I don't know what that thing is that he just said. He said some words. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> Pretend <laughs> like you you know what he's talking about. <laughs> there we go. Brilliant. Oh, oh man. man. Well, so uh, yeah, I think that uh, sums up my hobby. Yep. Do you get any Should games? We talk about in? some games. DJ, how about you? You go first. I don't want to talk about my last game. Uh, last game I played. Oh man, that was a while ago. <laughs> last March. Uh, last what? March. Yeah. Uh, so I think the last game I played of Infinity was the New Year tournament we had at Board and Brew. It, we had 30 oh. people there. And oh, man. Yeah, it was That's back rough. Uh, February. Yeah. That was like beginning of February. Damn. That was the last time I got to play Infinity. I would I, say I wish, I wish I could get Tabletop Simulator yeah. to work on my potato internet. Well, you just have Let's to play at the shop one of these days, here. stay late or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could always do it at, the, at, at Board and Brew. Yeah, so I was like, do, do it at the shop there. or something. You might have to do that. Yeah, it was. I, I did pretty well from what I remember. I, I ran my still phallus, as I, as I like to call it. 
Ajax won me the game because uh, he's a beast, and now he's even better in N4. I was so excited to see Joe Phalanx when the profiles <laughs> got released. It was amazing. Yes. I'm so happy. I'm so jealous you got to throw a kitty box. I was hunting for one, and I haven't been able to find one that's reasonably priced. Because oh I never bought them in. I was like, why would I take Torikidi? I, I mean, they're, they're okay, but Myrmidons are amazing. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, well, I, anyway. I, I have a knack for finding good deals. I'll let you know if I come across one. Nice. But yeah, that was the last time I played was with Still, Fal- uh, Still Phalanx. Um, in the meantime, like a lot of my... So I've been playing Ariadna now since N1? Okay, yeah. holy cow. Uh, I mean, I got John started in, in two uh, after I convinced him to do Privateer Press and War Machine for, first, and yep. it, it was it was slow baby steps going from Warhammer 40k to Infinity. I was like, you can't go straight from 40k to Infinity; you lose them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was using my Caledonians mostly at that point, and almost made John rage quit. That was funny <laughs> for you. <laughs> Camo markers everywhere. Oh, All right. Well, uh, I think. I think it's. Uh, I think we're ready to move on. Then we've. Oh no, we've got our game, John. We do have our game. DJ, yes. let's let's hold on to the the, the Caledonian enthusiasm, John. Yes, yes, let's, yes. Let's talk about all of the mistakes I made the other day. Well, the mistakes we both made, really. It's true. So the first, we, the, the first mistake was fighting. Yeah. So we played a game of Power Pack, which I think really, really, really favors the second person, uh, the second player. Oh rather. God, yes. Uh, I think there's a way to do it. I wrote about it in the end of the battle report in the post game analysis. So you can you can read that if you want to hear what I will do if I have to go first. Um, but basically, the first two turns are completely irrelevant of this game. So I guess I should talk <laughs> about the list that I took because that's good yep. to talk about. Um, <clears throat> basically, it's um, a bunch of like grab bag stuff. But the core of the list is basically a pair of Chester for observers, a pair of SAS craps. So that's chain rifle, AP, assault pistol, so CRAP, right? Um, then, uh, you know, just a bunch of other good stuff like Grand Infiltrators, uh, Uxia, Isabel, because uh, I wanted to have the spotlight trick available in Ariadne, which people would not expect. So whatever Adam put on the console in my near, on my, near my table edge, I would walk um, Isabel up, spotlight it, and then missile the crap out of it with the Irrigan. That was my plan. In case you did that, of course, if it was Norkius, I'd have to find out some find some other thing to do because Norkius is a killer hacking device and will eat Isabel for lunch. Um, so that's that was the, the long and the short of it. Um, but there's a Cataran in there because that was the cheapest T2 sniper rifle I could find. Uh, and then the the other key part of the list is a pair of sensor dogs. So I have one in the form of a, of a Devil Dog and one in the form of a Strelok. And that was mainly because I knew Adam was going to be playing Combined Army, and I expected a bunch of um, camo in the midfield. So that was the that was the big deal. So, yep. Uh, you want to talk about your list real quick? Yeah, so my list was not reading the fine print. <laughs> um, the, the, <laughs> the confused deployment rule <clears throat> used no, no, to this, that was that was the other game oh sorry derp what am i saying no power pack whoa where am i what time is it <laughs> you, you've had drink? too much beer adam i'm ready for more so yeah goodness this is combined i played an anathematic because i was like i want to bring probably the hardest aspect for or for ariana to deal to, to deal with 
the Viz mods, the nano pulser plus the plasma rifle. Yep. Lots of bad options there. Um, then with, with the usual order package of the double Akadron, double Limatron, AKA the combined army starter pack, uh, through in a shrouded Ford observer, a sea soldier paramedic and a Caliban. So that kind of was my midfield. The Caliban, I, I ran with that uh, MSV-1 Spitfire because I knew I'd be playing against Smoke and because it's a cool profile. Yeah, and it eats camel yeah. tokens for lunch. Yeah, Literally. Ex- exactly. Uh, and I, yeah, I really wanted to, to get a bunch of extra wounds. So I did that thing. Yep. Uh, then, of course, the, the, the med tech ops it on, blah, 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 because I need to keep the anathematic alive. Then I took Narikius, and I've never taken him before because he's new. And I haven't been playing combined much. Um, but holy hell, he is a absolute terror. He's essentially the best unit in close combat in the game, as far as I can tell. That plus one burst with martial arts four, as opposed to having martial arts five, mm-hmm. basically means he has martial arts five, but it, the burst can't be negated by natural born warrior. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Seems good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's he's a monster for 47 points. I'll probably be taking him pretty frequently. I took the killer hacker profile for him, A, to make him a specialist, and B, so he has a marker state. So give him a little, make him a little bit more survivable, especially, again, going against John with Ariadna. I'm like, there's going to be camel markers everywhere. I won't know what they are. They could be bad. I need to not be shot. So my second group was just a Liberto mine layer. I wanted to have more in the minefield or more in the midfield. And for eight points, it gives you two markers up there for you to deal with mm-hmm. a Q drone with HMG because it's a Q drone. It's freaking amazing. Thought of Razi because smoke is always nice to have. And for some reason in this picture, the slave drone is in the wrong group. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I liked the list. I mean, it's basically hinging around getting the anathematic over to your console mm-hmm. on turn three or Last ditch effort, said Narikius, because he's pretty he's pretty quick being six two, and having that marker state. So that was that was the plan. How's the plan? How did it go? It almost worked. Well, uh, first turn, I basically sent the anathematic to go shoot you. Yes. Uh, and I got I, a lucky flash pulse off and stopped it, and you but you killed the you killed the uh, chasseur, which is a big deal. Yeah, you got a lucky flash pulse off, and I should have eaten that flank. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to kill that damn devil dog. Mm-hmm. And plasma is a great way to do that because it's not an ammo type. Yep. So I was thinking, all I have to do is get one shot on you with the plasma, and there goes the dog. And I could have done it, but I ran out of orders, mostly through either whiffing or having to deal with that stupid Shasura along the way and then getting uh, getting flash pulsed. The flash pulse is really what did it. Yeah. So so then you retreated. Bummed me out. Yeah, yeah pulled him back, retreated, because I, I didn't want to get, you know, I didn't want to feed the dog. Right. And you didn't on the first turn. I managed to get into base to base, whack it a few times, didn't kill it, and then I basically blew up most of my order pool trying to get rid of it. It failed, and then I... So my game plan going in was to assert midfield dominance and take out all your camel tokens. So I attempted that, and then we had a bit of a, uh, a misunderstanding here where I thought this couldn't have been a seed soldier, but it could have been because we didn't... We, you know, we said the wrong thing at the beginning, so uh, I, yeah. I lost a sass, which was a bit of a bummer, but oh well. 
Uh, and then uh, this, I think, was a, a key thing to point out. I jumped, I dodged out of combat with the anathematic with the intent of making things more difficult for you, but I think it made it more easy for you, but also it encouraged you to try to invest in it by moving your Caliban all the way across the field. So I kind of feel like it was okay in the end result, but I'm not sure. So I think it was yeah. a, it was fine because my mistake begot your mistake. And so it worked out for me, but really I think this was a mistake to dodge out of combat here. Um, especially because I lose, I lose the devil dog to your your Caliban after I throw smoke against Doctor Worm. Doctor Worm didn't win the day this time, um, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, so basically, after I expend basically two turns trying to kill this stupid anathematic, and you spend two turns trying to use the anathematic or fix the anathematic, so basically the first turn two turns were literally doing nothing but that. Um, you <laughs> managed to flip an additional antenna on turn three, uh, and then all I had to do was flip two antennas and do one classified and win the game. And that was really easy because Uxia started uh, right on top, in the center of this picture here, like on top of the box. Uh, and she threw smoke up the left for the Chasseur and she threw, threw smoke on the right for herself. They both pushed the button and she scooted across the center line to grab Nut Undermine and that was all she wrote. So yeah, that was kind of a weird game. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed uh, using a SAS to get into base contact with the Anathematic and kill it. That was fun. Uh, totally unnecessary uh, and very silly, but uh, this definitely underscores the um, the severe differential between turn order in Power Pack. Right, it's it's really hard. You know, since you were going second, me spending a whole turn basically defending that. Uh, or two turns really on the anathematic mm -hmm. was just time I didn't time I did not have. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so I I would never like, but that's the thing. I actually chose to go second, which was the the crazy thing, right? So not only did I, uh, I mean I I think you took deployment and I and I went second. I right? did. So I deployed so first deployed and first went second. And went, yeah, yeah, which is you know the the worst thing in the world supposedly. Right. Um, but. Sometimes, I really think actually in this edition, sometimes it's you're gonna have to do it. Yeah, I think so too. It's not comfortable, but it's gonna be necessary. Yeah, so I think the way to do it is just camo spam because it's really hard to eat through all the camo markers. Um, be cagey with your specialists, and then the way to avoid this problem is to create enough pressure for me that I run out of orders to do everything I need to do. So if you had flipped two antennas, defended them, and I also had something touching my console, I probably wasn't, wouldn't have been able to do it, to handle both tasks, flipping the antennas and removing the thing on my console. If you also attacked my order pool in the process of doing that, I think you can do that with the right amount of midfield specialists and power hitters like the anathematic. I might've held the anathematic back till turn two and yeah. set up for turn set up to annoy the crap out of me on turn one without trying to kill my orders. I, I'm of the opinion that um, unless you have a very targeted and specific alpha strike in mind, like I'm going to go remove that piece because it needs to go away. Uh, just sort of a general remove people's orders and just sort of like wander across the field eating things that are targets of opportunity is, is not a great idea in N4. You'd have to have a really specific plan and a specific, not not only a, a list of things you want, but also a specific plan for doing that thing. Um, so alpha strikes need to be very targeted and, and efficient for them to be successful, I think. But the well, addition me, is still the, brand new. The devil dog, yeah, for me, I felt that I had to kill that devil dog. Mm -hmm. I know what they're capable of and I know how easily 
one of them can take out an arithmetic. Mm-hmm. So I figured in my active turn, moving up and leveraging a plasma shot on it is what I needed to do. Mm. Makes sense. Shut you down from that side. Right. Yeah, I figured if I can kill the anathematic in the in the dynamo and go go recamo back over there, I'll be in pretty damn good shape. Yeah, that would have been a very different game for sure. All my stuff was on the other side. I didn't have very much in the way of heavy weapons or MSV. I was sort of relying on chain chain rifles and flamethrowers, and and the anathematic arm four would be hard to crack. So, I definitely got lucky with the the flash pulse, and that definitely changed the side of the game. But then we overinvested both of us. So, um, yeah, but yeah. That was a that was a really good game. I, I look forward to our next one, which will be me playing Toha and you playing Combined again. I think, right? We're gonna play. What was it? I think I'm probably gonna play Combined again. Yeah, we're gonna play um, Countermeasures, right? So that should be an interesting. That's the plan. Interesting. It'll be fun. Match. We shall see. We shall see. All of the feral work. Oh, oh and wear. sorry. All of the feral wear. It, yes, it, it right. looks so dirty. It yes, it re- so oh, very God, dirty. It's, it's, it's stinky. He's gonna fart all over me. It's so stinky. Stinky Yoda chokes. Yep. Um, what was I gonna say? The Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be a fun game. Looking forward to playing combined again, actually like learning and continuing. Mm-hmm. It, like it's been a while. I'm out of practice combined as it is, but then with this whole hopping from one army to the next, it's just impossible to keep up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how y'all guys do it with not being able to play games as regularly as we normally can. It, I, I, I was I was hopping around a bunch towards the end of N3, and with N4, I'm just like, I can't barely focus on one army, but I'm also not playing very much or at all. So. Yeah, that's the problem. I think really what, what did it for me was with the start of the Are You Worthy show, and I get to see other armies played, mm-hmm. and um, it's actually a really interesting experience so if you haven't had the opportunity to do that yet now is the perfect time because you can literally spectate any tabletop simulator game in the world um Mm. so do that right if two people are going to play a game ask if you can just spectate um you'll be like you're not going to be bothering them in fact you'll be helpful because you can have the rules sitting next to you uh and army sitting next to you and they'll like oftentimes you know like people forget stuff all the time it's like wait is he arm four or arm five and you can go look that up for them um, you can also do things like look up rules, check profiles for rule uh, for for stat lines, that sort of stuff. Um, it's, it's helpful just having a TO quote unquote there to uh, help resolve line of fire questions. You can be an impartial third party, so you're not doing them a disservice or annoying them. You're actually being helpful, and then you get to watch a game. And sort of uh, the comment, like being a commentator, has really changed my my viewpoint on a lot of things because you get to basically play a game, think through other people's turns with the stuff that is on the table. Um, and you don't have any like emotional uh, investment in it, right? Like you may want, you know, you may be rooting for one person or the other, but you, but you don't feel any of that in the moment stress. And that is a big mm-hmm. deal because mm-hmm. one of the things that I struggle with is when I'm in the moment, like this happened with us in our last game, right? I got hyper-focused on killing the anathematic. You got hyper-focused on, on uh, fixing the anathematic, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Clint says, lack of ponies in the race makes a huge difference. So, like, we get to look objectively and make and make the right decision with all the available data. And so, like, if you read any of my battle reports, the the games I lose generally end with me saying things like, "I wish I had interrupted my, you know, internal stress or freakout cycle, whatever you want to call it." Right? 
um, and and backed off of the of the gas pedal and taken a step back to think about what I should do, what are my priorities, redefine them in the context of the turn, and being able to do that from a bird's eye view with no you know ponies on the track or ponies in the race really helps that. So that was a really good experience for me. And because Eric you know army hops a lot himself, and then we have this wide gamut of people coming in who are playing like random things. Um, mm-hmm. I get to have that experience like, and, you know, like watching what Tim does, right? Like Tim's game with the dynamo in his, in his list. I didn't know that the dynamo had that like burst to mind launcher thing, whatever it's called. Right. That's but, so cool. But now I use it against you and I would never have done that had I not seen him do it. So I get to, I get to have that ability. And this is one of the other nice thing about it, right? Like you're not going to sit at a, like I, I've never, as a war corps, right? I've physically been present for a full three-round tournament. I am not going to stand on my feet for all three rounds and watch a single game. Like, if I'm doing my right. job right as a war, I'm, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to be answering questions over here, helping the newbie over there, you know, checking line of fire. So I can't sit there and watch the whole game. Plus, I'm going to get tired, slash maybe bored, or maybe I want to talk to the shop owner or like some friends who are walking through buying board games or whatever. So I'm going to be distracted. But with Tabletop Simulator, you can really focus and like you can be part of the table and you're not going to be in the way because you're like a virtual camera. So you can like get mm-hmm. down, you know, to eye level and be like, okay. Like, what is this actually going to be? You can check things for yourself, right? Because the other thing you don't want to do in Tabletop Simulator is be like, I'm sorry, in, in the real world is be like, you don't want to be like on the other guys, like one, one side of the table, like looking at potential airborne deployment landing spots because you've seen the other guy's list, right? You don't want to clue them in because right, you, right, you, right. you don't want to ruin that, but you're not going to do that with Tabletop mm-hmm. Simulator because you're invisible, right? So I think, you know, we sort of launched into this whole thing about Tabletop Simulator and, and it's it's good use as a training tool, uh, which is not what this is, this is about. So I'll wrap it up. But um, that's that's how I do it to answer that question <laughs> in a very long-winded and perhaps inappropriate way. Well said. It's a good pitch for it. Yeah. I, I lectured for an hour and a half this morning. Can you tell? No, I can. Would you believe it if I said I could? <laughs> but it's it's why we love you, John. Oh. So, so anyways, we played that game. We both learned a lot. The one thing I learned after the game that I I relearned is something I totally knew. I just in the moment playing the game absolutely forgot was that the uh, Doctor Worm should have executed my Carrington because mm-hmm. you failed a whip roll. So. Yep, I failed the whip roll, I rerolled the command token, totally forgetting the fact that A, none of the aspects have cubes, and B, the, the mnemonic rule turns off your cube even if you had one. Right. So, my bad, I'm a big fat cheater. I never should have done that to begin with anyways, so it punished me twice. Um, yeah, no. What? We can just add the character to the list of things that my Dr. Worm has executed. I will say, though, that this would not have been caught by anybody had I not written the battle report and somebody, you know, felt comfortable enough to, to comment about somebody being wrong on the internet. Oh, true. So thank you to the person on the internet that told me I was wrong. Uh, it's actually, it's actually really helpful. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious, but actually a little bit honest as well. Like I, I want to find these errors so we can continue to correct our play. Cause all these also serve as an example for newer players too. And I don't want to mislead them. So please, please keep sending in your corrections. It's very helpful. It, you know, that, that's how you learn. Yeah. Right, as you make mistakes, people are like, "Hey, you made a mistake." Yep. Then you can learn from it. But it was a fun game. I am looking forward to playing combined again. I generally, oh, good timing. Lauren's home. 
Um, <laughs> oh, excellent. So, yeah, no, I, I generally like to stick to an army for at least for a while as I figure out the ins and outs and how it plays. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'll play combined again and hopefully learn more about it. I'm really enjoying them so far. N4 is doing them really well. Oh, there's Winnie. Oh, there's Lauren. Oh, you watch. It's raining. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you coming to say hi to everyone? PJ's hair is so glorious. Is it though? Oh, uh, she can't hear you. I can't, oh. but I like the hair fluff. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just the curly locks. They just keep going and going. All right, guys. Well, uh, Jay, what do you have to say about that? Without further delay, it's time for the main event. Why don't we actually talk about combined or combined Ariadna? What are we here for? <laughs> Oh my god. That was so Dr. Drink? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've also been drinking. So cheers. High five. <laughs> well, well yeah, so let's talk about, about the big changes. Ariadna. Yes. And let's start off the way we always do, which is the, the big changes in four as they pertain to Ariadna. Um yeah, one of the one of the funny ones I caught right away is that hacking is annoying now. Yeah, I, yep. I used to not I used to not give a shit at all if you had hackers. Like whatever, doesn't affect me in the least. Now all my stuff is getting spotlit. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that is it, awful. And Ariana can actually do something kind of about it now, where we really couldn't before. Which is nice with the remote racers and Isabel actually being a useful hacker now, which is fantastic. Yep. She's not just a T2 rifle with some kit on her and she can push buttons. She actually works, which I'm excited about. I always love the model. I'm really she's, excited about She's it. pretty rad. Um, yeah, I think I think there's actually a legitimate strategy uh, just to because one of the, the things that you could do before is forward observe something and then guided missile with the Aragon or Katyusha. And you can still do that. And now yes. you actually have deployable repeaters in Ariadna, thanks to the Rem Racer, at least in the vanilla. Um, and there mm -hmm. are there are legitimate things you can do. We can talk about it when we get to sectorials, but there are some linkable hackers, like in Merovingia, for example, that you could drag around um, and get some work done there. Uh, I don't think it's your plan A, but it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket if you're a person who likes to take Katyushas and Aragons just because. And I think the folks on this you know, podcasts this evening are those kinds of people. So this is definitely something we we, we will consider and have used and will use in the future. Um, but yeah, it's a like, little different though, right? Because yeah. so I really used to like the uh, the Katyusha, mm -hmm. but that was also when I was getting plus six for firing at somebody who was targeted. You still are. You're getting it doesn't negate the negative six. Oh, the, for guided, I used to use speculative fire. Right. Ah. Uh. Because speculative fire would let me not center the uh, not center the blast. I could hit more models. Mm -hmm. Now I'm basically relying on guided, yeah, which is a bit of a bummer, at least for how I used to play it. Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean awful. I didn't really use remotes until like in three. I didn't use it very often. In two, I used them a bunch, but I'm excited to use them again in four with being able to spotlight stuff everywhere. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's brutal. Like if you have a proper hacking army, it's brutal. Ariadna can play in that in that you know kitty pool now, but they're not going to be big fish at all. Um, but it's it's nice to just have the option, right? That's there. 
as far as like being victims of hacking, like the targets of hacking, I think it's not as big a big deal as it could be, right? Basically, what it turns into is that a lot of our troops lose mimetism, uh, which is a big deal, yeah. but it doesn't prevent us from going back into camo state. And we do have a lot of things with direct templates. So mm -hmm. it hurts. It hurts for sure. I don't think it makes them unplayable. Some people think that it makes does make them unplayable. No, I, it's just different. It's just different. I haven't, no. I, I honestly haven't gone into a situation where, um, where I'm facing a, a very heavy uh, hacking presence. Yeah. And as Clint makes the point, a lot of units have stealth too. And there are very few situations where you'll have uh, a, a robust hacking network and a bunch of six sense hackers. Uh, you'll see that in a bunch of, um, in linked stuff, but there are plenty of ways to dismantle Link and Ariadna. So um, I don't, I don't think that's a big deal. I think it just, it just changes your order of operations a little bit. If you're really concerned about it, there's a very heavy hacking presence, then you can, you can address that with the tools Ariadna has, like go Uxia the hacker, and then you're kind of done, right? So if they like super yeah, over invest yeah. in it, then just go kill the missile bot, and then you're also kind of fine. Um, and you can, it used to be the case that you couldn't recamo when targeted, but that's gone now. In like the very early days of N four, that was the case. Um, yeah, so I, I I think I think it's it's definitely something you should be careful of. You now have to respect repeaters, uh, but Ariadne has so much mobility and the ability to just get at a repeater that you can limit your exposure. Right, you could get a Wolver in there, chuck a grenade up there, get a Sasscrap in there, chuck a grenade up there, get rid of that deployable repeater, move on with your day, and then have one targeted model. You have to spend an order on it now where you didn't have to before. Um, but I think it's just, you know, everybody has to honor repeaters now and Ariana should, should have to sit at that table too. Boo, but yeah. I will. The change um, monster. So let's talk about things that are awesome though. The change monster's here. Yeah, the change monster's here. It's fine. I'll have to learn to reset even if it is a negative three. Yep. Um, <laughs> so parachutist. That to big me was deal. like the next big thing. Yeah. I... I've always loved the Airborne Rangers. Mm -hmm. It's but it's always been like a meme list to take more than one parachutist. Yep. Everybody having to come in from the same side was so difficult. And having to pick it at the beginning of the game, if I was deploying first, it's like, well shit, I hope you don't put anything on this side. Yeah. Like that's what you had to do. And so you didn't see people take parachutists very often. Maybe every now and then a um Spetsnaz. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot. They've got some interesting airborne choices. And now that it's all uh, basically, they've all been upgraded to the next level up of airborne deployment from N3. The so they can pick where they're deploying on which side at the time of deployment. That's huge. And then there have been some extra buffs like Margo and Duroc, where they just like, come on from your back edge. Hey, Van Zant, what's up? High five. Yeah, right. We can be friends. We'll have croissants together. He doesn't eat croissants. No, he probably calls them moon breads. I don't know. That's burgy deliciousness. Right. So so like that change right there. It's interesting because it's it's definitely not as big as some of the other changes, but it adds a bit more flexibility. I mean you I never think, had I think, to really worry huge, about parachutists. Right? So the thing mm -hmm. that um that Ariadna really suffered from before is like their way to keep stuff off the table, right? was yeah. basically camo, right? That's quote-unquote off the table, right? Um, so most of the stuff in Ariadna is pretty fragile. There aren't very many multi-wound models. Most of them are just like one wound with an MBUI, 
Um, and or dogged, or, or, yeah, or dogged or something. I mean, there you know, there's the wolves and stuff, but you can't really take a huge amount of them to either do the AVA or or points. Um, so you're sort of relying on that camo state to keep you safe, and you can also rely on just not being there to keep you safe, like you're off the mm -hmm. board waiting in a dropship or something. But uh, the moment one airborne ranger shows you, like like where I know exactly where the rest of them are coming on, you throw something in suppression on the table edge, and then you sort of move on with your day, right? But you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think, especially with the proliferation of things where um, where you can have decoys in the midfield, you can have cheap things in the midfield, like all the metros, rockets, and, and volunteers now, right? Um, that you can hide points under a camel token uh, and then um, and then be able to just bring in like multiple airborne deployment troops in places where you need them. So I, 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 think, I think it's just another vector for them to expand into. Not only can they, they play a camo shell game, they can also play a what's coming on the table at shell game. And basically now, just like Van Zant, you have to honor Margot and Duroc if there's a lot of camo on the table. That could be like an eight like eight, you know, like it was a like a uh, ten to twelve point dude, right? Under that camo token. Yeah. Which will definitely free up points for Margot and Duroc. And you don't know what the Swick is either, because that could be a tank hunter. It could be a Scott Scarred with missile hunter, you don't know, or it could just be a Metro with a rifle. Nothing. Yeah, it could, it could also be nothing. It could also be nothing. Um, and then you have a, a wolf in your butt, and that's not great. Nobody likes a wolf in your butt. But yeah, so the, the nice thing about parachutes is, that, like you said, it really does open up this extra um, this extra dimension in the way you can play Aryan on the table. Yeah. And it, it applies to all the sectorals. All the sectorals can take advantage of it. And no, it's it's a really, it's a small thing, but it's pretty big. Um, probably the biggest thing is the unit cap. So that is, I, I don't know. It, I, I don't think it really affects things as much as people said. Uh, it, it hits some niche list, but I played a lot of Ariadna and rarely did I take more than 15 models. Yeah, for me, it's interesting because like everyone was like, oh, USA always has like 18 to 20 models. And I'm like, what are you playing? I'm yeah, usually, I, I can't. I hit 16 frequently. And honestly, yeah. 16 and 15 is not huge. Like, cool, I take one less guy and upgrade one other guy. It might mean I have one less grunt infiltrator. Although with the changes to infiltration, probably not. Um, you know, it, it means I'm going to upgrade something slightly. It's not huge. Yeah, I, I, I mean, now it's not the weird list where I, in Caledonia where I had like four combat groups, but I only did that once just to prove a point, and it wasn't fun. I'm right, glad yeah. I can't do that anymore. For anybody, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. I, 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 I in a way, like playing playing orcs in 40k is fun once. <laughs> oh, right, well, so we'll we'll talk more about the cap. I think the biggest one that was impacted was probably Caledonia. Yeah, yeah. But that's just because they they had the ability to take, you know, sixty points for ten regular orders because of Wallace. So I think when when you take that out of the equation, it's not a big deal. I also think with the changes to MSV one, you're not going to want to have that proliferation of uh, warbands, anyways. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, now I feel like it's almost necessary to have some sort of MSV piece in your army, even if it's just MSV one now, because you, you can just sort of there to keep a war band honest, right? You throw it out there. If it dies, MSV one's not terribly expensive compared to MSV two. 
just hope that yeah exactly or pseudonymster points out like you don't even need wallace you can just take a bunch of volunteers with chain rifles um the yeah the with how much smoke you need in ariadna or you get in ariadna the msv1 changes use on the flip side ariadna has msv1 yes a lot of it actually yeah a surprising amount yeah no, I don't think I'll ever take the Uxia MSV1 option. It's the other is too good. <laughs> I know. I'm still a little bit bummed that that's yeah. not one of those profiles that they just like combined. Well, like, I mean, the good they, they really should. I would be. I would take it if it had a specialist operative profile, right? Yeah. If both yeah. of them are specialist, specialist operative, operative, then there's a real choice, and then I will think. You know, I will actually think about it. Right, but but she isn't so. <laughs> yeah the model's then, great oh yeah model is very nice the the re-sculpt for defiance looks even better mm-hmm. i was gonna say that the new sculpt looks beautiful yeah it really does it's fine yeah, so many good it'll be fine i'm not worried about it yeah i mean like for sure pop- plant yes. msv1 plus smoke plus direct template but i mean there's there's so many direct templates in ariadna you don't really need more Right, you don't need like a higher quality yeah. direct template. You can just throw like a grunt infiltrator under the bus and kill a Carented. That's fine. <laughs> it's an exchange I will make every single time. Yeah, right. It's it's okay. Like I don't I don't yeah. need Uxie to and and the other problem with MSV one and smoke and direct templates is that there's so many direct templates now because everybody freaking has a light shotgun or a shotgun of some kind or has a shotgun and a link. So if you shotgun something and you template them, they're also in template range and they also have a template weapon and you're also dead. So that's that's the yeah. reason why I don't super get excited about it. It's, I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think it's something also that as, as an Ariadne player, I, again, I haven't had a chance to play very many games. It's something I'm not looking forward to dealing with. I'm not used to other armies having as many templates as I do. And with the light shotgun being know, so right? abundant now, yeah, it's, it, it's going to change how I you know, move my troops and forces around. Yeah, it, yeah, it really Hawk changes the midfield is, fight. Bro. Oh, yeah. And I got a ton of hot players around me, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so, different. I mean, it just it just means you have to really pay attention. Like, I think after N4 is over, when we move to N5, we'll all have a very, very good 8-inch eye. Right. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. You keep telling me that's 8 inches. Uh, looks like 6. Um. <laughs> So, uh, another another fun again another one of those subtle changes kind of like parachutist but they changed to martial arts is actually a pretty big deal for them huge. so it's huge yeah ariadna martial arts caps out at martial arts level two right just as a rule there's no ma3 in the faction um so Mid- now the ma2 the is the one that, sorry uh, the the name Dog Warrior McMurder. He's a martial arts three, isn't he? Is he in? Well, he's I in Caledonia only. Oh yeah, oh, that's fair. And yeah, he is three. He is MA three. Yes. In terms, yeah. So in terms of like, one. yeah, what's regularly available to Ariadna, um, it all caps out at two, and now two is good. Two is yes. the level that you want. Right. You know, it's it's level two and level five now instead of level three and level four. So, yeah, suddenly Spetsnaz are, you know, CC21 with MA2. Like, that's a big deal. 
uh, Sass, Van Zant, Pavel, Durok, Yusha, even like you've never saw her in close combat before, but now, uh, now no, she's I, you so- charged a bunch of stuff. That's a thing that I did frequently. Well, but John, but now you realize that she is CC 22, martial arts level two, and burst two in close combat if she uses her assault pistol. I did not think about that. The, yeah, the assault pistol is plus one burst. Ho, ho, ho. So, so like, yeah. suddenly, suddenly Yusha is terrifying in close combat. She's very, very good. Yet another reason why the other profile is not appealing. Yeah, right? The other profile only yeah. has a regular pistol. Yeah. Sad. Uh, sad. Sad. Um. <laughs> I'm so glad I got you that board. (laughs) So, yeah, no, it's the the martial arts change. It sounds small, but when you're a faction that caps out MA2, it's huge. You're like, wait a minute. This is what I've been waiting for. Give it to me. We're all black belts now. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, before CC, you know, CC was a big deal for some of Ariana because natural born warrior is a thing. But now we have a lot of natural born warrior and martial arts level two and it's like what are we are, are are we the japanese now the secessionist army what's going on everyone's fighting in close combat yeah pavel it's has both, has both martial arts and natural born warrior uh same thing with the unknown ranger yeah and caden first strike i think Caden has it yeah i have to check that's pretty gross yeah, it's... I love the idea that they don't have the tech for martial arts. You need to be more <laughs> high tech to be better at punching with your fists. Or they're just drunk. Yeah, yeah that's that's natural born warrior. I get better when I'm drunk. <laughs> it's like Jackie Chan and Drunken Master, don't you know? Oh, see, for me, natural born warrior is uh, Indiana Jones. Like the guy with the martial arts is like, whoa, with the sword and everything. And he just <laughs> pow pops in the face. <laughs> you you know that was that was that was a blooper, right? I know it was, and I'm so glad they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm sure when when Disney rewrites it, they'll make the guy swing first or something. Boo. That's it. Uh, <laughs> for my for my Star Wars fundamentalists out there, um, yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so Obi mentions Berserk. There's actually a small funny thing that I've discovered in all of my whining about mods on the forums and how they don't make sense. Um, how the forums don't make sense? <laughs> well, no, how Berserk doesn't make sense. Because mo- both, both are valid statements. Why not both? Mods in general are not written in a way that works. Um, but uh, Berserk ignores the negative penalty from martial arts. Not a thing I knew, not a thing that's explained well in the rules, but the opponent mod in martial arts that gives the negative modifier to the opponent specifically only applies to face-to-face rolls. Hmm. So if I you catch that. Yeah, so if you if that you're was a way it wasn't, entry, wasn't it? It it was an opponent it was a modifier to their CC. Hmm. Yeah. I believe. I I'm Could not be wrong. sure. I'm not sure. It rarely came up because we, you know, unless you were playing JSA, you didn't really do much in the way of close combat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a thing. So if somebody has both martial arts and berserk, and they martial arts you, 
um, the you will not suffer the negative three because it is not a face to face roll. Yeah, that's the thing. And actually, in in N three, from what I'm finding on the old wiki, um, the opponent mod did apply. But that's in my two-second wiki search, so I'm not going to put much more time into it. Because we're not gotcha. playing in three, we're playing in four. We're playing in four. So that's just... Right. Yeah, that's just a silly goofy thing to remember. It matters a little bit. What kind of toothpaste? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And the answer to that question is Macho Libre. It's pretty good. And yeah, I, I mean, like the, the forums are... Are, are a strange place, but the, the mods are doing the best job that they can with the time that they have. So for sure, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah, let's talk a bit about Vanilla Ariadna. Yeah. Right, so all, all these things apply to, you know, Vanilla Ariadna. Like, it, it gets all the things. So other than McMorrow. Uh, one of the things that I really... And Carmen. I really have noticed... Sorry? And Carmen. Oh... Carmen oh, everywhere. Carmen. Yeah. That makes you sad. Um, but one of these things that's really interesting in vanilla is that I feel like with all of the changes they've actually done through the sectorials, what it's made is vanilla a far more interesting army to play. So previously, you could make a case to use other things. Every now and then you would see like a vet Kazakh because they're good. Um but there are a lot more options now that I think are viable to make a non-camo spam vanilla Ariadna list for competitive play. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, John? You're the only one here that plays vanilla. Well, uh, I mean, I do too, but yeah, camo was all all, all the rage. I mean, but... it was basically whatever you liked out of TAC plus Foxtrots was usually the vanilla. And of course the ubiquitous chefs or mind layer, right? That was just, that's just an auto include. Um, oh yeah. But sometimes a Ford observer. Very rarely, uh, especially with Foxtrots. <laughs> that's what the Foxtrot is for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Um, so, you know, vanilla Ariana, all you list usually started the same way. I think I was one of the unusual folks that tended to put like briscards in there. Um, because I happen to love them. Yeah. Uh, and, and they happen to do all the classifieds just by themselves. It's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would agree that it was definitely camo spam heavy before, uh, and it still can be played that way. Uh, there, there is a case to like, you could play like, like I guess, I guess there's two, there's two, there's two aspects to this, right? The first is, can you do it at all? Can you play a, a non-camo spam list, period? And I think the answer is unequivocally yes. And it was better... Uh, uh, it's better now than it was before because you just have more options and the options are, are, are more flexible. But should you is a different question, right? So we do have a lower right, right. A, a lower cap um, We on, on, on orders. We have a um, vulnerability to spotlight, right? And that's that's a big deal too. So... I think camo is a good protective state for us in Ariadna that we want to keep. Um, so I'm still sort of leaning towards that way, but I may in, in, inject more things like uh, devil dogs and dynamos and stuff to sort of flesh out my options on the table. So I, I think you'll probably see a slight um, over average shift, like an average shift towards non-camo units 
in my lists, but I won't do an all non-camo list for quite some time, I think. That probably won't happen for a while. So, I don't know. My thoughts. Well, yeah, yeah. at least half my units will be camo in a vanilla list. There's just so many fun toys now. I mean, look, looking at just Cosmophot and sure. everything that's being brought in, it's it's hard not to want to take all the, the expensive fun toys because you only have 15 models you can take. And before right. in vanilla, you could you spam camo tokens all day for cheap. You might only take like between seven and nine camo markers or camo units now instead of 17. All of them. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think really what I mean, it is I'm, is um, Ruben, uh, those of you who are familiar with him as Paul and Nike's. Um, is is often heard to say like you know Ariadne is one of the best armies in the game because of the pro- the prevalence of camo and I think it's not just that it's just the ability of Ariadne to not interact right so they, we sort of yeah. sidestep yeah. a lot of the rules they don't play the game we, we don't we play a different game right we're not we, before we were just yes. not completely out of the hacking game entirely you can't do anything to us now you can sort of do stuff to us. Um, but you know, we didn't even have to honor you looking at us. We could just walk through and be in camo, and you could do anything. You could discover. We just recamo on the other side of the building. So having having that ability to do that stuff, having the ability to be like, your guns don't work right on a ton of our units because we're like weird werewolf things is pretty cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I think it's just you know we play by a different set of rules, much like Toha does, um, and and that has a lot of benefits. And sort of giving them up is a is a strange a strange choice. There's definitely things to pull in now, and I think you and you can get a lot more tight. And the other thing is that uh, there's a lot of missions that restrict deployment in some way, right? Or your mm-hmm. opponent may give you like I've mm-hmm. I actually um I think the best example of this was back in uh best of the Pacific Northwest right at the beginning of this year, where my opponent was like, "You have a terrible deployment. I'm going to give you that deployment uh, this deployment zone." And I said, okay. And then I basically deployed three models in there. Four, maybe. Right, right. That infiltration. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like, okay, well, sure. I don't care where I deploy because there's going to be some good stuff in the midfield and all of my crap is infiltrating camo tokens. So, okay, sure. Give me the worst deployment <laughs> Stick zone. It to I me. won't use it. I guess, I'll, I guess I'll deal with it. Yeah. Which really, I think one really of the got me. of our end as well is not, not winning the option to choose to go first or whatever is like i don't care which side of the table i play on usually because like john said i'm going to be in the midfield mm-hmm. yep doesn't which matter what side you play on didn't take the heading, so. yep doesn't matter if you well, go first and you know where i end up because you're like okay unless you brought a ton of sensor and i clustered up my camo tokens it's going to take you at least two orders to kill one right you have to get there first and then you have to discover shoot it that's the least amount of orders you could spend. Unless I do something silly like mm-hmm. deploy in view of it, or you deploy in view of it, sure, then it's down to one order. But still, it's like, it's tough. Yeah, and Ariadna, you pretty much guaranteed to hit the, the unit cap, whereas your opponent probably will, but may not. I think in Ariadna, you'd be hard-pressed not to anymore, especially with, like, six-point Desperados. Yeah. Well, yeah, the points drop on some of the models is insane, which we're going to talk about later, sure. But holy cow. <laughs> I think that the points were clearly written with the cap of 15 models in mind. Yes. Oh, because yeah. Because w- when there's a cap, suddenly the scarcity is less. I mean, the points are less the restricting issue at that point than, than the number of models available. Well, for you know, Ariadna six point, and armies like it. Yeah. Again, like six point Desperados or seven point uh, De Lamy Panzerfausts. 
Like point Galwegian Islanders. Yeah. Your your restricting factor is you only have fifteen slots. Is this worth a slot? Yeah. But I mean but there, the there, there's the other thing though, which is that um you know, folks that uh were struggling with like twenty order lists and stuff, uh with a lot of um desperados and stuff, uh may not have been using a lot of missile launchers. Because good luck trying to yeah, deploy yeah. all of that in your deployment zone and not cluster stuff up. There's just not enough space. So you're going to have to deploy something well, in template formation. Yeah, it also means that you're never going to be at a... At, well, you're less likely to be at a huge order advantage in Ariadna. Ariadna yes. also doesn't have as much um, NCO and tactical awareness. Mm-hmm. They got sprinkled around quite a bit more, and that goes to spread the orders a lot further. So you, those, you do have some the, order advantage, they, though, because I think you know Ariadne is the the sectorial with the most ability to deploy out of the deployment zone, um, and yeah. that is basically free orders of movement, right? You start where you yeah, want to start. It, it, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think Ariadne yeah, really suffers things... in missions with uh, exclusion zones or confused deployment, as as you found out. Yeah. Like, I, I was a little salty at first when in four came out. I was looking at profiles because I also have Yu Chang. I was like, I don't have all all of these fancy ways to get additional orders on top of my my cap here, but I don't need them because I start the field, start the game one movement already, already advanced up the field. I don't need I don't need the orders. It's, it's factored into the game already, which is quite clever. Yeah, it's it's just done a little bit differently. Um, I don't think they have any lieutenants with plus one lieutenant order. Uh, no, I don't think I so. I don't think so either. Yeah. Nope. They have two. They have two with extra command tokens, uh, Veronin and the Minuteman rifle lieutenant. Mm-hmm. But yep. Otherwise, no lieutenants with extra orders. Their NCO options are Mormier. The yeah, the Mormer. Um, there's a Scotsguard NCR NCO Van Zant mm-hmm. and a Minuteman HMG. Those are great like, profiles to have is- it though. No, they're they're yeah. definitely not bad, but they're only in Caledonia and uh, Cal- or Caledonia and USA. Mm-hmm. You're probably not and taking their profiles. You usually be lieutenants anyway. Sometimes, right? You're probably not taking. Yeah, exactly. The Minuteman HMG might be lieutenant. Otherwise, um, you're probably not taking Minuteman in vanilla. Probably not taking the the uh, Scott Guard. <laughs> Uh, NCO options in vanilla. I I might I, I own and have them. assembled them now, so I might. <laughs> you might. I, but I, you're... I Sorry, what was that? Yeah. Oh, hey, go ahead. No, no, I I didn't catch what you said. I I, I love the Scarlet Guard, but in vanilla you have you have a, a, so many choices and options that I I've rarely taken a Scarlet Guard that wasn't the missile launcher in vanilla. I could well, and see, it's not all Scott's card. I could see having a surprise, um, a surprise AP Spitfire. That's useful. Yeah, but I mean, the, the we're talking about the NCO, though. Yeah, but the AP Spitfire is an NCO. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't see taking the NCO Scott's guard and vanilla. I would I just, take the Ford Observer NCO Shock Marksman. For but it's not the points. camo profile. That's it's got mimetism. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I mean, I mean the, cam- the camera profile point. isn't isn't a uh, isn't a specialist, right? 
True. So I mean that's sort of that's sort of the trade off you get with the Scots Guard is like are they do you have a camo state or not? So I sort of see that as a as a slightly upgunned briscard because it has mimetism. Right, it's the same gun, but right, you get, you get, yeah. uh, you get mimetism now, out of the deal. I would take it on that Mormor all day long in Van Zandt. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, that Mormor doesn't work. <laughs> so, so should, I, I love since we're talking about the so Mormor. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's segue over to Caledonia, shall we? Sure. Yeah. That Mormor. Oh, oh my cow. freaking god! Let's go. I, they were I, kind I, of... never really, I didn't bother with him a whole lot before, and in three, I took him occasionally. But with in four now, holy cow! The the utility you can get out of them is fantastic. Yep. Yeah. The. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, in N three, they were a bit of a joke. They were very expensive for a one wound arm five dogged model that wasn't shock immune. It was me, very, yeah. very hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was very hard to justify. I, 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 I took them to make a point occasionally that, you know, I could, but I didn't yeah, right. want to. I never took them in a tournament. Yeah. The last and time the I model, remember seeing a Mormor on the table was back in N2 when I was playing you and you were trying to prevent me from quitting the game. So you were taking intentionally subpar units. <laughs> Oh, I, ouch, I remember that. That ouch. was a while ago. Yeah, so that was a that's, while ago. That's what happened. In that game too. Okay, so let's talk about what makes this guy absolute an absolute unit. Okay, yeah. so he has BS attack with plus two damage and AP across all of his BS weapons. So his heavy pistols damage sixteen AP shock. His chain colt is damage fifteen AP. His T two rifle is damage fifteen AP T two, which is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Or, or, or you have a damage 17 AP HMG. What? Uh, like, mic drop, that's it. Okay, but still arm. Yeah, still <laughs> arm five because it's important yep. to be super tough. That's That was kind of the defining thing of Mormor, right? It's an arm five infantry. Mm-hmm. So still arm five, still dogged, but now it's immune to both shock and criticals. Which is awesome. Yep. It suddenly makes them worthwhile. Holy cow. Yeah, it, like, it is... It's awesome. It, I, I love the model. It's probably one of my favorite Caledonia miniatures, both the HMG and the T2 rifle miniature for it. But now it is... It is terrifying. It's the guy with all... He's got all the money. He's got all the TZM, all the bling. Yep. And lays down stupid firepower. Oh, yeah, and an X Visor, just in case. Yeah, I watched him yeah. delete a nice Night of Justice the other day. He's just like, blap. Oh, I got one bullet through. Cool, you're down. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Good night. That's all you need. Hit you once with damage 15 AP T2. Yep. Like, GG. Off. That is the off button. Yep. And yeah. I mean, you're usually going to have him inherit if you're running Caledonia. Yeah. So, yeah. Plus one burst all day. God, and can I just say oh again my. how much I love that model? It's, it's, I, so I'm good. really sad. So, I, I didn't, I didn't get the new starter set because I have so many Caledonian models already and I'm regretting it bad. I, I really want to get that new starter set and I have to hunt it down and find it on eBay now. So I've I've had multiple Caledonia armies. Um, of course you have. Because I, I 
Yeah, I bought them originally, and then I got whispers they were going to get re-sculpted, so I sold them. And then I got them again because the models are just so freaking... The new... The Marmor did it for me. The new re-sculpted Marmor. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's dope. And I, I got two of the old HMG Marmor sculpts, but I still bought the new one. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, and I ended up getting rid of them when I was like, nope, I'm only going to have one vanilla army. It's vanilla combined. Um and every time I look at the Mormor, I regret it. Yeah. Like the, the Galwages are fine. Cool. Um the volunteers <laughs> look cool. But that Mormor, and now that the Mormor is something I would legitimately want to put on the table, it just like twists the knife. Yeah, because in three, you're like, eh, it's a cool model, but I'm never gonna field it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, like a hack towel, you know. A hack towel is a really cool model, but it's only ever a chemo token on the table. Yeah. If it's ever a chemo token. <laughs> <laughs> it's just right. mystery there. Man. So let's talk a little bit about the other heavy infantry. I use heavy infantry in this case in quotes because compared to heavy infantry, um, it's the gray. A lot of utility. So I used grays a lot in three and in, in four. Still, uh, they still occupy the pretty much the same spot. Yeah. I throw them in volunteer links. Um, the agent, I mean, they're a cheaper, less good mortar. Well, and they're 6 2 now. Which is so awesome. They're by wicked the way. fast. Yep. They are wicked fast. They are, I can't remember if they were shocking me before. Um, Maybe. Out of. I don't think they were. I don't think they were. Yeah, I think they were I still dogs. Anything was shocking you in, in Caledonia because it was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, shocking me and dogged arm three, the damage fourteen T two rifle. Yeah, the damage fourteen T two rifle, the damage fourteen extra burst light shotgun, the damage fourteen smoke grenades, or the damage damage fourteen damage fourteen regular grenades. Yeah, the damage sixteen HMG. I will point out that this is an aside. In Counter Strike, smoke grenades would do one point of damage, so you could break glass with them. Back in the old days of Counter Strike, back in like pre one point five, and I have definitely killed people by beating them in the face with smoke grenades before. It's worth it. Anyway, sorry. Yes. So damage fourteen smoke grenades. You were saying? Damage fourteen regular grenades. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Like again, both of those heavy infantry units got much needed upgrades. Clearly, the the Mormor is the winner of Caledonia. Well, I mean, yes and no, right? I'd but like the the, the thing you were going to take all both. the time. Is is amazing. You were gonna say you were gonna say PJ. I would still take both of them. I I, I mean I was playing around with list earlier and I sent a couple to John, and I still had at least a minimum of one Mormio and one Highland Gray in every single list, except for the crazy one that John sent me with all the wolves. But we'll talk about that in the next segment. So but yeah, I would I would always. I, I love the idea of taking a, a Mormior Harris and a Highlander Gray in, in a five-man link. And I'm not usually a fan of five-man links, but volunteers are cheap, and you have the points. Yeah. Volunteers are so cheap. So that volunteer infiltrator is something you might actually see on the table now? I'd only ever filled it like once before as a joke, and now I might actually take it just for funsies. Yeah, an 11-point camo infiltrator. It's worth it. That's fine. It's a guy right. in the midfield. 
I mean, I and actually... it's one more camo token. Your, your opponent's like, is that an SAS? I can't ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the I I'm actually legitimately considering the grenade launcher, and not just because of the cheesecake model, uh, but because right. um, that's like a really shitty budget yeah, surprise noctifer. Right. Like if a lid comes around the corner. Points. For third, I mean, it is a swick, but like you have, you can if you're worried about like not having enough killing power in Caledonia, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, I was gonna say I usually have swick for days in Caledonia. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, so I feel like just like throwing one cheeky camo token out there that can produce a template on tens at 24 inches, which is basically the back table edge from the middle of the table, seems pretty okay. And she's in a schoolgirl schoolgirl skirt, so win. There's that too. It could, it could be a pain in someone's butt. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not gonna hinge my plan on it, but like if I have a swick and 13 points lying around, I might throw one in there just for fun. Worth it. And I anything that makes your that. opponent have to think it make is it, a good thing. Yeah. Then they yeah. make mistakes. Right. Yeah. They only have so many spoons. Every spoon you subtract from their you know silverware drawer is a is a win for you. I mean, this was the link you used to take against me. <laughs> just starts starts with right. three three HMGs, Isabel, and then you think you took like another gray HMG. That was like your, that was the yeah link. I did. So that I was, had all the HMGs. Yeah. Sometimes swap an HMG for a grenade launcher. Yeah. Sometimes I would do that. Yep. Yep. This was this was the link I faced I am... all the time at 150 points in in N2 era. <laughs> it's just like I can't. Oh Jesus. How do I, like what do I do against this? If I shoot the first HMB, yeah, there's another one right that. behind it. You're in corridor trying to fight against this. I I feel bad. Yeah. Oh man. It was awful. This, do... this was this was pre-Jaguar, you know, pre-Bandit. Oh, it was awful. I also noticed that the 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 LGL, or I guess the regular, there's no such thing as a light grenade launcher anymore. Right. Uh, the grenade launcher on the regular profile is only half a swick. Yeah, that was always and the case. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's something that I'm actually kind of hoping that they roll out through most of the game. Because a lot of these like basic profiles, the the grunt grenade launcher, the sure. bikini grenade launcher, now sure. that they've got rid of that plus three range band, I'm hoping that they kind of bring down the swick on at least the non-camo versions. Because the camo one, you're right. You can totally get somebody with their pants down and blow up a link and laugh in their face. Right. But with these, like, BS-10, 11 grenade launchers in the backfield, like, just don't make them a full swick. Sure. Well, I, I think you're on something, too. Like, even knocking the half swick down to zero swick. If a Thurikini can be zero swick with a light rocket launcher, why can't the grenade launcher on a BS-10 model be zero swick? You mean the Delami? And I don't know what you're talking about. I have not assembled mine yet. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's there's no problem. Um, yeah, no, Caledonia, <laughs> Caledonia is interesting. I've always thought that Caledonia was probably one of the more competitive, actually, if not the most competitive, uh, sectoral for Ariadna. And I'm not seeing much this edition that changes my mind about that. Yes, they won't be twenty order lists. You know, before it was four Urigans. That's what I have to say to you, sir. Right. Like before, right. it was super easy to go to twenty orders. You, you you went to twenty orders with Caledonia, and you weren't missing anything. Sure. So now with the fifteen order cap, you do have to buy more things like availability for Caterians 
or or more uh, mormers yeah or a couple more oh, no. or <laughs> yeah like shit you've got availability for sass like yeah shoot i'll have to drop i am annoyed off, about I'll that just... can we talk about sass for a minute <laughs> sure tell me, tell me what you're possibly annoyed about with sass they lost their rifle profile you're oh, only annoyed about that because right. you made the model. Yes, I did make the model. I, I am annoyed about that. But I mean, like, that's it's a legitimate <laughs> the thing. Yeah, the sniper rifle sass was good. Well, the sniper rifle sass it. is gone, and the rifle sass is gone. Both profiles are gone. Oh, I didn't even know the rifle sass was gone. Holy cow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so my bet. Shotgun is their longest ranged weapon. Yeah. I mean, like, SAS crap is still huh. a thing. It's still really good. Not complaining about that. Uh, the Ford Observer gained yeah. chain rifle, which is all, which is great, right? Chain rifle, light shotgun, flashballs, decharges. That's an excellent Ford Observer profile. Not complaining about that at all. It would just be nice to have a have a SAS with a rifle. I, you know, you don't have to make it a specialist profile. I might consider taking it. Having a midfield camo rifle is a reasonable thing to have. Uh, I can do things like shoot you at 24 and try to rely on my vis mods and my cover to make things bad for you and hope to sneak one round through against a soft target. So uh, I would have preferred to have the option. Uh, I am, you know, of course, a little more annoyed because I actually converted a model to have a rifle, which I'll not have to convert to have a boarding shotgun or something. Um, right. But I mean, you know, it's just, it was a thing that they chose to get rid of. I understand why, right? They're trying to push the SAS in a particular design direction. Um but you know, yeah. I guess... What I will say is that it it does it does do that well. Like SAS are the very up close combat specialists of the Ariadna of the Ariadna infiltrators, yeah. Yeah. right? And with the with the sniper rifle before, especially in vanilla Ariadna, it's a lot of extra points to take the SAS with all the extra bells and whistles than just taking a Foxtrot sniper or a Scout sniper. Uh... You know, the Scout was about the same cost. You're spending its points on things like marksmanship, sure, instead of on martial arts. Yeah, I mean that that's very true. But I mean, like the scout sniper rifle is kind of a difficult sell next to the uh, Ahodnik, right? Because the Ahodnik is even yeah. better in terms of range bands, in my opinion. Yes, it's an AP damage fifteen rifle, but the Ahodnik is a damage fourteen AP rifle, so you're really not gaining all that much. Um, yeah, I don't know. You gotta pay a swick and stuff. The model's great. I'm not complaining about that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I I have made lists, and I was intending on playing them uh, back during the early days of the pandemic, where I would run out of AVA of other things and want to take a SAS sniper rifle to be the sniper rifle in the midfield. But yeah, that's because I'm weird, and CB should not design a game for me. Because well, no the, the, the SAS sniper rifle fulfilled a different role than the Katarin. The Katarin, really all he can do is snipe. And the SAS was a multi-purpose unit. And I could use it to snipe and then advance forward and murder something that's pushing a button so it can't push the button. Right, yep. And that option's gone now. Mm -hmm. Gotta throw my rifle from my deployment zone. Very sad. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny, like, there weren't... There were a lot of minor profile adjustments. You know, a lot of things went up or went down a couple points. Mm -hmm. The the geez, the Cameronians went down. McMurrow went down. There's not a lot of totally new stuff. Um, well, I mean, you can build the monstrosities like this, though. Like this is a reasonable <clears throat> thing you could build, right? 
Uh, so many. Is that three Cameronians and McMurrow? Yeah, so that's Wallace, it's McMurrow, so triple Cameronian, a Highlander, and a Warcore in the first group. So that's just in the first group. Seven regular 12 orders, orders right? Just in the first oh, group. Geez, Louise. In the second group, you have a more and more HMG, more and more T2, Highlander Grey T2 boarding shotgun as a Harris. And then you've got uh, a core now, Grey HMG, Isabel, volunteer paramedic, and two, you know, the cheap volunteer version. Uh, so, yeah, you're looking at eight orders in the second group to power two links. Exactly. And uh, 12 orders to power that ridiculous first group. Uh, and that is designed for panic room. So whatever in that room is in that room will a hundred percent be panicking. <laughs> Actually, see, you mentioned Wallace. I will say Wallace got a ton, a ton better. Um, yeah, let's talk so about. So before him. he was, he was so squishy. Before he picked up shocks and. Yeah. Yeah, you never. I've never seen Wallace fight anything with any weapon whatsoever, except when he was getting killed. <laughs> yeah, you you hide Wallace. Yeah, you you hit Wallace yeah. in N three, and he, he, I'm I'm excited to actually have him in an, a Harris or a Link now, and he does something, especially yeah. for thirty five points. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, like you the you never wanted Wallace to get in a fight because he was so critical, but now he actually kicks a little bit of ass. You know, he's well, six. Being feet, immune six to shock and critical is huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just look critical with that wound plus NWI and arm three makes him like a like a fairly resistant heavy infantry. Um, he dodges four inches on fourteens, which is rad. He doesn't have martial arts, but he does have the berserk plus three, so that's that's fine. He's still hitting you on twenty fours. That seems yeah, totally right. CC twenty four. He did upgrade his right natural one warriors. Nice. He upgraded his combi. So he's lost the only combi rifle in all of Ariadna. Yeah. But now, but now he has a damage 14 T2 rifle. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll work. Yeah, I I he, he also <laughs> lost his flamethrower, right? He used to have a flamethrower before. Now it's a shotgun. Um so yep, true, more true, templates. True. Oh no. Yep. Yeah. He still yeah. has explosive CC weapon though, which is what was really important. Mm-hmm. He got a lot better. Um, Wolvers are still amazing, and they picked, uh, they picked up an AP Spitfire profile. I mean, that used to be the Maltar, no right? Yeah, I love, love the Wolver. I, I I own every single Wolver sculpt that has come out ever. Including and I the, want the the median. I have that one too. Yeah, and he's painted, and I just I can't figure out how to make them work in the list. They, they they're just expensive enough, and they just they don't fit somewhere nicely. And I please help me. All right, I'm on I the case. Love, I'm on the case. I'll, I'll get to this eventually. I I often ran a single either T two or Mark twelve Wolver, depending on points, and it did it does work. It's oh yeah, you can, can get where he needs to go. Five plus. You can see that. He's really tough. Doing a fighting core or Harris, though, I don't think that's the right call at all. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't make a fire team of them unless it depends on the Wallace. No, you can only do Wallace. Well, Wallace, Caden, and Isabella are all wild cards. That's right. 
So you can do Caden in there. I mean, Caden's just another Wolver. You don't need more different Wolver. Yeah. But I feel like if you're on a mission to go murder or something, this Harris is reasonable. The AP Spitfire gets you there. You drop Isabel off in the mm-hmm. midfield. She mines it up and does button-pushing duties. And then you deliver the heavy shotgun to the enemy's deployment zone. So no Mark 12. Yeah, no Mark 12. I mean, the AP Spitfire mm. is, I think, more relevant these days. Yeah, it takes the place. Yeah, I think the AP Spitfire... The option of the AP Spitfire is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It, yeah, it definitely gives them a little more presence. You know, like you mentioned before, like it's not like Caledonia was ever hurting on Swick. So then yeah. having this like, really expensive, powerful unit without any Swick choices mm-hmm. was a little weird. I mean, I, I just it, I, I need to make a list. I need to force myself to use them more because it's in four. It's different. Yeah. Other stuff is cheaper now. So. I mean, there's not there's, having a button pusher. Go ahead. There's a case to take like an AP Spitfire just alone or even the Mark yeah, 12 alone. Yeah. That's, I mean, I did that in vanilla. Sometimes I would take one Wolver mm-hmm. and that was it. But. In Caledonia, the option to take a Harris or a Fire Team Court, I, I played around with it occasionally, but I think the last time I six I, I seriously took a Harris of Wolfer was a bodyguard for Wallace. Sure. Yeah. That's a that's a lot of points to just do nothing. That was the only way to core them before. Yeah. Because they're availability four and you could add Wallace to make a fifth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I will say though that um one of the things that they do give you is a, is a nice way of removing threats on roofs. Um, and like Pete, who's in, who's in the chat now, he, he always, when he's list building the bot, one of the boxes he needs to tick before the list is quote unquote done is there needs to be a, a thing in the list can handle a troublesome unit that's prone on a rooftop. And this is the one that will. Oh, climbing grenades. Yep. Yeah. It will, it will take care of it for you. They so, own the roof. Yeah. So I, I think I think there's a role for it. Uh, they might I, perhaps the thing to think about is they might be you know old school JSA Karakuri where you're like, I never take Karakuri because I the Harris is too expensive. Like that's a statement I've heard out of people, and it's like, what you? But this, but if you see the stat line, Karakuri it was amazing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Rooftop killer check, right? So that's that's the thing. You got to you got to find yeah. the thing to get on the roof and murder the stuff. Caledonia is not not short on grenades, but uh, you know it's, it'd be nice to just get up there and shoot it too. That's much more reliable, and having a having a two model to do that is 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 great. And then you're the guy on the roof. That's that, 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 that's a fair point. I think my issue is I always had an, a, a couple of the uh, Highlander Katarans with climbing plus. So if I deployed them. I can usually get one of them to a rooftop to take care of any like TR, HMG bots or whatever was right. on the roof. I think for dealing with a midfield specialist, somebody who's going to be trying to hide a little bit more, the uh, the Wolver can the definitely Wolver. go let them down. Yeah. I think so, what yeah, you, you made, y'all, y'all, y'all made a good point, good points there about including them. I think what it is, and the reason why they seem unappealing perhaps, is um, they are very difficult to link. A, they're expensive, and B, the links that they can make are not very interesting, right? Even the one that we're showing right now is kind of eh, fine. Like, I'm yeah. I'm pushing mm-hmm. for it, and you guys are like, all right, I guess on paper it seems fine. In practice, you're like, oh, I don't know, it feels uncomfortable, right? 
Um, so they're hard to link, and therefore you don't take them because the other links in Caledonia are amazing, right? Like, who doesn't want yes. a, 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 a Highlander Grey with HMG powered by six point volunteers? That sounds fantastic, right? Um, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, then you're in a situation right? where you're like, okay, now we're advocating for taking one of them. And you take one of them, you're like, all right, but he just sat there all game. I'm kind of sad about that. That could have turned into a pile of Galwegians, right? And I will get tons of use out of Galwegians if they do nothing but sort of advance along the like the way I play uh, Morlocks out of Nomads. You just have three of them. They just walk forward. Yeah. And uh, I don't do anything with them. I don't intend to missile them at anything. I just want a chain rifle where you don't want it. Right? Um, and so... It guards, it guards table edges. It makes exactly. you waste orders to deal with them because they have to. So, you know, then you're like, I have this Wolver that's sitting in the backfield doing nothing. And I think what it that is not a a commentary on the Wolver, it's a commentary on what you're seeing across the table. And that is that your opponent isn't making use of right. rooftops and isn't making the Wolver's toolkit necessary. So if you are in a meta where the Wolver doesn't seem good or doesn't seem worthwhile uh, for you to take, then maybe it's time to encourage people to start fighting on the rooftops and make use of verticality, where that climbing plus is now relevant. The fact you can come across the lip of a building, tank that nanopulsar shot, and then shoot them full of bullets, right? Uh, so, so I think I think if you want Wolvers to be good, take a look at your table, and your opponent. Uh, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. Sure. that makes sense. It's yeah, I I like them. I always had a soft spot for them. But speaking of things I've always had a soft spot for, John, should we talk a little bit about the Forester Forester Repons Rapide Meravige? Yes, let's do it. Oh god, I love Murph. it. So, much. so Murph. I I wanted to start with Merovingia way back when. Uh and then PJ started with Caledonia, or I guess restarted the game with Caledonia after selling all your N1 models. Um and I was like, well, I don't want to have both of us play uh a Ariadne and Sectorial. That doesn't seem very good either. And then you were like, well, they'll get resculpted. <laughs> that was like seven years ago. <laughs> I feel so bad for saying that. It seems solid. Like it's fine. I, I, I have bought everything. I have multiple copies of everything. I have, I have boxes you and boxes a liar, of Mervingia. So it's, yeah, PJ is a liar. That's basically what it boils down to. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think I, they're, they're fantastic. I am so glad that I, I bought into them before they went out of print. Um, I love everything they bring. To... Metros... Hmm? Oh, the met the, the sculpts are so good, right? Uh, they're, they're like so peak, good. they're peak M3 sculpt, like pre pre digital sculpt. Like there's so much character, like the the like the old French army style coats, right? And then like just the character of everybody, and like the my favorite Metro is the one with like holding up her glasses with a gun like this. Oh, it's fantastic! Everything is so good. Um, yeah, it's uh, they they are extremely characterful. Um, they have a lot of really fun profiles. Uh, as a sectorial themselves, they've uh, haven't changed much, really. I mean, they lost the AP sniper chasseur, which is a bit of a bummer. Some of the point costs got remixed a little bit. Um, Zwavs gained dogged, so they're more suave now than they were before, uh, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, and then they just made uh, there there was that whole like you know mixed metro moblo thing. Uh, before now it's just metro as uh, moblos are wild card so that is extremely relevant because now you can actually put specialists into a luguru link uh, which you could not do before mm -hmm. uh and that's yeah, a big deal. Is huge. yeah 
because Luguru will chew through most things with their X Visor bar rifles. Um, so yeah, I I think I think they're in a good spot. I think they are not easy to pick up and play. You have to have a very good command of what you plan to do on the table. You are basically almost always taking all four chess war profiles. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, full AVA of mm-hmm. chess wars, right? Because you you need to do something uh, with these amazing things. Chess wars got a huge uh, hit with the changes to six cents, so they can no longer delay. Like that was the reason why they were amazing in the first place. I mean, like having a flamethrower under a camo template. I'm yeah. uh, sorry, camo token. Great nomad prowlers. Love that. Uh, but the ability to be like. Mm-hmm. I see you and the opponent's like, what do you do? You're like, I don't know. What do you do? Is, is the, <laughs> is like the most annoying and awful question you can ask somebody. Uh, uh-huh. You're like, well, what do you want to do? Would you like to dodge? I'll just lay it nerfing that I'm thankful for. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was, was so stupid. Before. Yeah. It's really dumb. I, I, I get why they nerfed it, but it still makes me sad. because It was hilarious. I mean, but I, I've played enough chess wars against people locally. Oh, yeah. If you <laughs> if you learned about Chester's for the first time at the Rose City Raid, that's a big lesson. Um, so yeah, that was that was Clinton <laughs> chat. Right? That's that's that's. I'm sorry, Clint. That's rough. Um, but yeah, they're they're really gross. <laughs> if you've played against them a lot, uh, you know to respect any camo token, especially out of Merovingia. You need to you need to give it an eight inch berth and discover uh, at you know at least at least ten, if not sixteen inches. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be in for a real bad time. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think they got a little bit of a nerf, but they're still absolutely fine. Uh, and so I think you just sort of push yourself more towards uh, the Ford Observer uh, than you would have before. I think. Would you Would you say the the Murph got the nerf? The Murph got the nerf a little bit. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, now, that that you still take them though says that they're still good, and maybe the nerf made sense. But yeah, yeah she's supposed to still damn good. Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly not going to say that they're not takeable now. Like you, you take them still, and it's not. It's not. You're not forcing. You know, forcing the issue either, right? It's not like, well, I need the, the midfield thing. I'm still excited about taking Shasors. I have like six sculpts of this Shasor because I, I converted a bunch because uh, they're that good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're. Murph is great. It's just having access to Nauf is fantastic, right? One of the big problems that Nauf is huge. Yeah, right? like having having. Uh, yeah. One of the problems they really have is you rely very heavily on chessors to get a lot of work done in Murph. Um, you can. I tended to not play heavy mobile links. I just don't like a five man link, so I tended to play a lot of midfield control with like mobile infiltrators and Zwavs and briscards and. Um, and Chasseurs, that was my preferred playstyle. Uh, so I didn't really have a lot of long-range punch, long-range punch where the Briscard Link was not. I would usually take a Briscard Harris, uh, the paramedic, the forward observer, and like maybe the sniper or the heavy rocket launcher, depending on how I was feeling that day. Um, but having yeah. now changes a lot of things, because now I can reliably delete long-range AROs, uh, and, and I can dictate the terms of the engagement pretty, pretty effectively that way. Um, so yeah, I think they're great. Well, what of do you course, think about? Yeah, what do you think about the anaconda changes for them? Um, I will probably try it. Uh, it's it's dirt cheap. Uh, that definitely adds another long range option. That I mean, it was there before, uh, and it wasn't bad before. Uh, but you know, now it's definitely more reliable and definitely more fitable into your your list. Um, I just don't generally 
play with it in Merovingia. That's not why I went to Merovingia, mm-hmm. right? But I think if I yeah, like whenever I play Merovingia, I I would when I when I play with the Anaconda, which I love the model for the Anaconda, which is why I would take it, mm-hmm. not because I wanted it for playability. It always felt like I was shoehorning it into a list. Yeah, I don't think it will feel and... like that anymore from a point and list construction. Uh, 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 you know, uh, viewpoint, right? But uh, it will feel like that from a flavor standpoint. Right. So, I mean, it, it's a little, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel very, very Merovingia to me. Uh, I think, I, I, I guess this, this is the distinction, right? Like, I will probably play an Anaconda out of Merovingia if I make Merovingia my next tournament army. Does that right, make sense? Right. Like if mm-hmm. I, but if I'm just like bringing it to a game night, or like you know driving over to Adam's house to have a, a masked up game, you know in the garage, or whatever, I probably won't bring an Anaconda because I'm there to play with briscards and 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 met infiltrating metros and stuff. And chassors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think of those infiltrating Mublo? I love them. They're 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 so good. Um, basically, the 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 they're difference a little is, expensive. I mean, they're, man. they got more expensive, but they have all the toys I like. Yep, right. Right? Yeah, the AP rifle, light shotgun, EM mines, infiltrating a minimum. It's still my heart, right? Fantastic. The, the Sapper HMG? Uh-huh. Ridiculous. John, they got all your letters. They did. They got all the letters that I want. They had AP and EM? <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Yes, give yeah, me the, all the those things. The was something I never filled in N3 or N2 or really messed before. I, I always took B-cards or other things in my list, but now I'm like, God, the Moblots looks so much fun yeah. and good. I, I will say that the uh, the Moblos are really annoying in the midfield. Um, I mean, I played a game against Adam with them, and that one Moblo like, anchored a flank for probably two out of three turns of the game. <sighs> And you're just like, why it's the are power you here? of arm three, man. It's the power of arm three. Power of arm three and BTS three and Ariadna, right? Yeah, yeah, BTS3 right. BTS three is huge. Yeah, and and now they have mimetism too to make them even more annoying. And they're BS thirteen. A BS thirteen thing in the midfield with mimetism is definitely not something to sneeze at. Yeah, right. and and uh, like Dexter's lab says in chat, you can definitely do the double metro thing, double metro HMG thing. That's <laughs> totally valid. Um, and you yep. can do the annoying it, thing that the, PJ used to the, do to me. The double, the double <laughs> Moblo Sapper HMG link. Oh, that's well. I mean, sure. If you were, I mean, that's affordable with sixty and three Swick. Uh, but I mean, if you're going to do that, I would probably spend the points on one Moblo Sapper and then spend the other points on the on the Zouave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big deal too. All right, because this is an arm five. You know, once you're in Sapper state, right? An arm yeah. five yep. dogged HMG with mimetism. BS twelve with mimetism and cover. Yeah, and it yeah, starts in the midfield. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, that sapper for that sapper sniper for twenty five points and half a swick. Mm-hmm. That's the money right there, and the model. Man, all the zwaves look amazing. Yeah, all of so the good. sappers that oh, they yeah. did for Ravengia yep. looks so good. Yep, I yeah. think. Sorry. Like John said, it was the uh, like Mayoringi is like the love letter to the traditional sculpting from Infinity before yep. they went to digital. Mm-hmm. They are just beautiful models. Mm-hmm. You know, what they, remind me, you know what they remind me a lot of, and PJ, you'll probably see where I'm coming at. Is they remind me a lot of 
when the Perry twins did all the Imperial Guard regiments. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I see that because they 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 have so much character to them, yeah. and they have the really tiny details that you don't see in the other guard models or the the, the other infin- infinity models yeah. that just scream out that I'm very 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 much French, and I'm I will. You can tell the studio enjoyed making them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they really remind me. Like so, I had I had two hundred some odd Valens. Uh, back before I quit 40 You too, huh? Yeah. Oh my God. That we like. I, you don't. You know. You don't weigh them in models. You don't count them in models anymore. You count their weight. I had like 16 pounds of Imperial Guard. Um, oh, and, back when we were ordered by the weight, from, and you got the special discount. Yeah, I remember. Ah, uh, yeah, eight cents a gram. I remember to this yeah. day. I was like, yeah, I'll buy all of they, the balls. They do dragon heads in my orders sometimes to make them heavier. I remember that. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, I had just a massive amount of Valhans from working at GW. Thanks, GW. Sold them, bought a car. Um, and... <laughs> they, they, I, I should laugh. I just sold a bunch of stuff for a grand, so I, I, I hear you. Yeah, they don't do that anymore for GW employees. Sorry, guys. People no. like fucked it up for everyone else. Uh, <laughs> that and the switch to Failcast. But um, uh. all of the models for the Valhans have... They had bedrolls, they had canteens, they had ammo pouches, they had first aid kits, they had all the stuff that you would see on a soldier. Yep. And that is what I love about the Merovingian miniatures. Yep. Is if you look at a Briscard, he has all of the gear, or a Zouave especially, they have all of the gear that they should have. You know, it it is I've I've got friends that were in the military, they look miserable and uncomfortable with tons of shit hanging off their back. And that's something that the the Merovingian miniatures really embody well. All of the Merovingian miniatures look like they're mainlining ibuprofen, which tells me that they're being done right. Yeah, exactly. You twisted your ankle, here's some Motrin, run it off. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, they all have lower back pain. Every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. Oh my god. It's true. Damn, they look good. They look they so really good. Do. And it's one of those armies where I feel like I'm sad to see them go. And I understand why, because they're wanting to upgrade everything to the digital sculpts and all that. But when they come back around and update those sculpts, if they just. It's a high them, bar. It's a really high bar for the updates on those models. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just take these, make them 10 percent larger. That is all I want. Yeah, I don't want you to change. <laughs> Yep, I'll I'll, I'll take a a, a, a resculpt of a size increase. That sounds fine. Yeah, just, just I, I, the Moblots could, could could use leg day. I'll, I'll throw that out there. They, okay. they need leg day. The, the Moblos are the are the one sad yeah. part Moblo, of this tale. Make everyone happy. They, right. they yeah. need to do some squats and work on their calves. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Everything else though. Yeah. The Moblo Sapper looks okay, but you can't see him underneath his HMG. Yes. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. The Moblo. <laughs> when I saw I saw somebody who made an updated Murph army out of mostly USF, uh, USR sculpts. And the Moblo are the ones that, yeah, they should get redone. But man, everything else, just just make the Zouave 10% bigger. It's done. It's perfect. It's fine. Re-release it. More suave. Luguru. Yeah. Like day like and butt day. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lugru. Uh, oh yeah, my God, Lugru are so good. Let's see where Lugru are. Uh, there. Yeah, I mean, I took Lugru 
is the moment they came out and became available, I, I was like, order a box of Luke Drew. Funk, done. Yep. Yep. They're in my army every single time now. Yep. God, they're so good. They solve a ton of problems with Yeah, death. they really do. They do. And they and look hey, good. x Pfizer adhesive launchers. Yep. Don't like, get its work done. I'm I'm super jazzed about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, like the oh. Maravinja is just is just so good. The other thing is that like really? uh, the change from DEPs to Panzerfaust is a big deal yep. too. Yep, it's, on the swap. Yep, huge. I love it. So that's that's a big like before it was kind of like a, a one shot like okay maybe but now you have the opportunity to try again. It makes it makes a like but well, let's let's look at this possibility right. So you could actually take this midfield right. And that is five BS five BS twelve Panzerfaust that start at the midline, and you can augment that with a pile of metros in the midfield too. And the metros are not going to fail the roll because they don't do that anymore. And you've got tons of points and swing mm-hmm. to other things, and that is a lot of coordinated Panzerfausts. And I also yep. point out that that Zouave Panzerfaust is on a Ford Observer profile with an assault pistol. Yes, hilarious. You could also take the paramedic <laughs> if you want, because that's a thing too. And there's a bunch of high, um, there's a bunch of like, and the whip know. thirteen. Yeah, the yep. whip thirteen. Well, I mean that doesn't matter, but uh, it's the fizz that matters for paramedic. But, paramedic. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, like, there's yeah, plenty yeah. of other things in there that, like, if Zarak goes down, just paramedic him back up. Who's going to be there? This Wav. Okay. Okay. So Durak, this is like we would be we would be failing everybody if we didn't talk about Mirage five and N four. So this is a big oh deal because they're in, they're in Cosmoflot, yeah. and the new model, the new model makes it so hard to not just say fuck everything. I'm playing Cosmoflot, um, or Murph. I have Plus, so many of those are pre-order. It's ridiculous. Okay, so oh, okay. Uh, the the big thing here right away, just the ripping the bandaid, is that they come up in the enemy deployment zone just like Van Zant did. Yeah. Boom. They were great before with, I believe they had airborne infiltration. I think that they were they better than they were the only, uh, the uh-huh. only uh, Ariadne thing that uh, could do. Yeah. That. Now they just go straight up your ass. Yep. Duroc coming in the back table edge, who is a souped up dog warrior. Mm-hmm. It's everything awful. Everything, yeah. everything. Did you awful. want to spend one Sub-cost order to be exactly where that chain rifle needs to be next to the enemy lieutenant? Yeah. Yes. Every Did you time. also want to ignore all of the flashball spots they set out to defend said lieutenant? Or, or you know, <laughs> just how about some some fizz sixteen grenades? Yeah. Just like that seems great too. Anything blows. Catch, catch. Yeah. Holy Crazy. cow. That is, that's a big deal. That's they a have, big deal for Merovingia. Um, if somebody, if if you're looking at, if you're going against Merovingia, then hey, congratulations, you're going against somebody with taste in class. Um, but count their swick. If it doesn't go above four and they only have 13 models on the table, then clench your cheeks, man. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. Durak is coming in raw and it's gonna, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's oh my god. They've won me so many games. So so many games. And now they're going to win me even more. 
Like just, I mean, but they're like Van Zandt. You have to honor them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think I think they're stronger in vanilla because you can hide Swick elsewhere, right? Like you, like you're not going to hide Swick under a camo token in Merovingia. That's not possible. Swick is countable. Um, but in vanilla, it is this absolutely. Is What's that? I think this is where the anaconda comes in because whenever I would take the anaconda, is usually when I was running Merovingia, when I had an anaconda, is when the opponent didn't expect Durak and uh, Margot to show up. That's a. Ooh, and I, okay. I don't well, know, what is, what does that look quick. like? Yeah. Yeah. And she's no slouch either. Like, we're just talking about Durak. Yeah. yeah like, like, AP rifle, grenade launcher, shock who, immune. Who punches gross. you at Fizz 16, CC 26. Yeah. I guess damage 17 with martial arts level 2. And AP shark. Gross. A shock grenade launcher. Shock grenade launcher is hilarious. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, really her. Jesus. Yeah, she's, she's won me so many games. Or, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, shock last... rifle, shock grenade launcher, yep. shock light shotgun. Yep. Fantastic. I mean, this is a this it's is a core of a list right here. Bruant Lieutenant. Yeah. Mirage five Anaconda four Chasseurs, um, and then you've got seventy points to play with, which is all the points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is easily something you can work with here. No problem. And you can still hide the Swick so that your opponent doesn't know that Mirage 5 is necessarily coming. They suspect that they won't know it's for certain. It's harder to hear, but seeing a yeah. tag will definitely it, throw I mean, people off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Aravindia, it's one of those armies you won't see it very often, and when you do, clench. Like, it's, yeah. they, they have a lot of really interesting profiles. Um, if you're a new player and you want Merovingia, good luck. Uh, or get ready to do some conversions. Uh, yeah, there was somebody who did a really amazing updated, I mentioned it before, updated Merovingia army yeah. on WGC. Dig mm-hmm. it up in there. Um, you know, I really hope that with these armies that they've rolled out, that they do kind of what GW did with the made-to-order armies. Oh, yeah, Totally. Because like if they came out and said like, hey, if you want to buy everything from Merovingia, you have a week to order it. Sure, yeah, that would be a hard week for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I hear you because I'd want to pick up the few things I missed. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they'll do that. That's based on zero speculation. Uh, Carlos, if you're listening, do it. We we'll throw money at you, Carlos. Yeah, it's just... in my wallet right now. Let me give, let, yeah, let me give you money for the things you've already made. Um, let's carry on to my favorite Ariadna sectoral, the U.S. Ariadna Ranger Force. Woo! Yeah. So, America, the the number one Ariadna sectoral, mathematically proven. As long as your math is my math, it's yeah. totally fine. <laughs> Don't use any of your math to disprove my math. It is the best, period, hands down. Um, so some interesting things here, right? Like, obviously, shotguns. Woo, shotguns. They're better now. They shotgun things. Cool. More direct templates. That's what I wanted in the USA. But the Armor 3 Plus, right? So it's really 3 Plus cover, um, is pretty rad against crits. 
you I can apparently it. I hate it. You can apparently get double crit by an HMG, roll seven armor saves, and pass them all. It's possible. I hate it. I hate it, <laughs> I hate it so much. It's the worst. That was like the best thing ever. It made me it's love just your face. About your face made me want to punch you so bad. <laughs> oh, there's the picture. Look at that. So, so, so check Matt this out. Check this out. I'm I'm so jazzed. I'm on 13s with the Yadu HMG. <laughs> I rolled this. This is amazing. Two 13s, 13, 10, eight. 9, 8. Doesn't oh. get better than that. Adam Rude. whiffs the roll, and I'm like, all right, done. Moving on. <laughs> this Marauder HRL is paced. Adam picks up some dice, chucks them into a building, and gets this. Yep. I can't even read them from here, but they all pass. Seven passes. Armor six. Boo. There's there's two there's a 16, 16, 10, 19, 18, 19, 14. Those are all passes. Yep. Not even dogged. No. Nope. Just. Just straight up. Whatever, bro. It's fine. He felt the 10. He felt the 10. He felt like, the oh. 10. The, the 10 hit the armor plate covering his crotch. He felt that one. Yeah, exactly. Ding! Um, so the armor three with the crit change is pretty rad. It's yeah. a thing now. Yeah. You know, and it's what it really is. It's, it's, you know, that was a lo- obviously a very lucky roll. Um, but it does make the occasional damage 13 crit you get from like shooting somebody with a rifle yeah. a lot less of an issue. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty rad. Um, Van Zant is less special, but still good. His NCO now. He's one of very few NCOs in Ariana, as we discussed. Um, but just because he is less special doesn't mean people can't respect him. He's still you know, great. He's still I mean, there's nothing wrong. Right. He, he just doesn't oh. look as cool as the new kids on the block. That's all. I'm, I'm not saying. All I'm saying is that everybody watches Masterclass. And you know, there's three or four other people that have picked up his tricks. Yep. And he he started the whole thing. He's still, I think, the cheapest source of that version of Airborne. It's between him and the Raziat. Um, yep. He'll still mess you up. But, yeah, right? Paint some gray hairs on him. It'll be fine. Oh, I should do that. Yeah, the time you let me share five years. Give him a little silver in his beard, just like daddy. Um, so the Unknown Ranger... The unknown ranger that is God mode. Yes. Like he heard he he you know, he's he heard everybody making fun of him in M3. Yeah. Um and went and got the super soldier pill that he was supposed to get. <laughs> yeah. Whole, holy shit. So yeah. I'll actually take him now. I never took I, I went ham on USR Yadda when they released. And I filled with him once ever. And in three. Yeah. I felt it him a couple times because I felt obligated because I had the Gen Con mini and I'm like, I should right. use this guy. Chain of Command. That's the thing. I'll spend 40 points on Chain of Command. Um, but now... <laughs> the last time I saw him on the table in N3 was I was playing Jordan and we were playing uh, uh, not soldiers, yeah, Soldiers of Fortune where you can have uh, mercenaries, right? Jordan used the Gen Con mini as a war core. No. Yes, he did. I have photographic evidence to prove. That's dirty. Yeah. That's dirty. He got that model from me. 
Yeah. That's dirty pool. That's Jordan. Dirty pool. Jordan. Jordan. Why are you going to do Captain America like that? Do him dirty. Mm-mm. I mean, I used to take him so that I I used to take him so that I could take Van Zant executive order. Right? Like my 40-point insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> but now, oh my goodness, the Unknown Soldier, so yeah. uh, the Unknown yeah. Ranger okay, is so, so good. So let's go over this really quick. They upped him to 6'2 because he he you know he got the leg day. Mm-hmm. He is CC23 with MA2, and that matters now. Yep. Yep. So has that T2 TCW. He is shock immune. Hallelujah. Um, still has that natural born warrior, which is great to sack with that martial arts. He is yep. tackle wear, so he generates an extra order for That's his leap. Mm-hmm. He's wild card, so he's a tackle wear wild card. Whatever you want to have an extra order has an extra order. All of them are specialist operative. Still have stealth. Amazing. Weapon options. You still have the AP rifle. Actually, I think it was a regular rifle before with the chain of command option. There is no more chain of command option. Deal with it. Um, But (laughs) choice of an AP rifle, a Mark 12, or an AP Spitfire. The answer is AP Spitfire unless you need SWIC. But if you're playing USA, you don't need SWIC. So AP Spitfire. Um, He's a machine. And it's it's hard because he's I don't think he's an auto include. He's, he's very not. close to it. But he brings so much oh and MSV one. Yeah. Did I mention MSV one? MSV one. The crazy Big thing deal. is he's yeah. relevant in vanilla now. Right? Yeah. If you're playing a tournament, one of your two lists should have him in there. Yeah. Both don't need him, but one of them should have him. Yeah. It's likely that one of the two will have him in there for sure. Just like one yeah. of the two will have Van Zant. It's worth keeping your opponent guessing. Or you wear the shirt. Um, Yeah, exactly. The shirt, the shirt honestly has saved me so many points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what shirt I'm talking about. Go to the dice. And you too can wear the wonderful swag of the Van Zant has your back shirt. I will uh, probably also be making a there it is a um Razziat Dic- uh diplomatic relations yep. t-shirt and probably <laughs> also like a I'm trying to think of how crass I can go but like 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 Duroc likes it doggy style or some sort of uh innuendo with a wolf in your ass um for the French one as well yeah I think or, that what really Duroc's in your butt yeah. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing. Unknown Ranger, absolute unit in U.S. Ariadna. Um, oh, ah, chef's kiss, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> so grunt infiltrators got oh, a huge God. boost. Yep, and the, the, right. Spirits is just that they don't have to over infiltrate. They don't have to roll anymore. So now there's just mid midfield flamethrowers for days. Well, so the weird thing is it wasn't just that inferior infiltration wasn't just that you had to roll. It's that you had to deploy ha- over the halfway line. You had to go yeah. for it every time. You couldn't roll and deploy into your side of the half. It's I a mean, weird. 
which a lot of people didn't realize until you know you're playing a tournament. You point out, it's like, hey, you can't do that. You have to attempt. You used to have to go over to that attempt yeah. to go over the half. Now you can go wherever you damn well please. Sure, if you're one of those people that can roll dice eight or under, then by all means continue to put in beyond the deployment or beyond the halfway mark. I'm one of those people that basically made it a grand total of five times in all of N3, and <laughs> roll. Never voluntarily roll an eight or under uh, if my life depended on it. If you need some evidence of this, please go check out John's Battle Report where he faces by U.S. Ariana. And I did not see that um, confused deployment was a thing in Panic Room. So, yeah, uh, the, the Grant Infiltrator, I used to never hit Swick Cap. I will probably often hit Swick Cap because I will fill the midfield with three or four Grant Infiltrators. If I have the extra points in Swick, there are 11 it's... points. Oh, totally. Yeah, Nine 11 points. points for a heavy flamethrower wherever I want it. And armor three, which is enough to make people fail. Ridiculous. I, I think they're relevant in vanilla. Just take two of them for 22 points in a Swick. That's worth it. Well, I thought they were I mean, relevant in vanilla, anyways. I, I would still take one at least. Yeah, that is your reserve model. Like ninety five percent of the time in Vanilla Ariadna. You better hope I fail this roll. Look at I go. Like it was like the best trolliest thing, and you can still do it. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Right. Or you can be like, you know what? It's just going to go in the midfield, covering this objective. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No. <laughs> oh my god. No, Grant Infiltrators, huge. Um, Devil Dogs. So I was always a huge fan of the Devil Dog with heavy shotgun mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I used to love throwing that template out there, hitting on 16s, catching people off guard at weird angles of super jump. I can't do that anymore, but it solves my issue that I had with the chain rifle. I was always bummed that the chain rifle was a single burst chain rifle on that profile. Now I have a burst two heavy shotgun, so I can still do the burst two shot on 16s, which yep. is lovely. Um, it's, it works really great for negating dodge rolls. You move around the corner and somebody's like, ah, I'm going to dodge because I, I don't know what you're going to do to me. You're like, cool, well, you're dodging against burst two on 16, so fuck off. Um, but now I can jump and direct template with burst two on damage 15. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Oh, and they're eight points cheaper. Yeah. Eight. Massive. That's huge. So, like, I never took the heavy shotgun Devil Dog before. I always took the chain rifle because it was so expensive. But now, suddenly, I have the desire to take a heavy shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, 41 points. It was a little steep. But now at 33. Oh, that's so Yeah. And this is the all-important source of sensor. Yes. Yep. Like, the amount of times Maybe. that I've had all kinds of crap in the midfield just eaten by these devil dogs is annoying. Uh, and now they're better at it because they're cheaper. I was really sad that you used one against me. I felt like it was a little bit of schadenfreude. <laughs> you know, like, finally, finally I get to devil dog you, Adam. <laughs> and I took the wrong profile. I took the chain rifle one because I didn't have the points. I know. I, I was actually really relieved when it was just a chain rifle. Yeah. I was like, this is going to take ever to kill the character. That's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, the Devil Dog heavy shotgun. I, I I think it's an auto include at this point. To be honest, I can't think of a list where I wouldn't take them. 
you know, it's they're damn good. Um, yeah, like censor plus everything not, else. I definitely always will probably almost always have the Devil Dog or the Unknown Ranger. Um, but I mean, I, I don't put it in all the time. Sometimes I take blackjacks. You know, there's the cool thing about US yeah. is everything is so cheap. You actually get a lot of their quote good things because they're good things like mid tier at best for most other people. Well, um, so like the first time I made an in four list with US Ariadna, I was having trouble making a 15 man list because like my first six 15 man lists where I was just dicking around, I was like, I have like 40 points left. What the hell? That's what's about 40 yeah, points. You, and I, I was like, that's with yeah. two black jacks and other nonsense. I'm like, I really have to try here. Hang on. And I just don't see a, a list where I could, where I wouldn't take a double dog. It's just yeah. too much of a utility piece. Well, the big thing is like a lot of people I know used to start off US Ariadna with the sniper grunt link, which I am a proponent of. I have four grunt snipers for a reason. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. And I like the Marauder take, too. Yeah, and then they take like four to six grunt infiltrators. And there they've spent like 140 points on 10 models. And they're like, what am I supposed to do with the last five? I think we're going to see a lot more. <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot more Marauder links. Yeah. That we oh, yeah. did previously. And like, we saw Future Marauder horses. And every now and then five mans. But I think that the, the Marauders might be the kind of go to um, heavy hitter link. Yeah. It I was mean, a huge pain in the ass dealing with your Marauders in our game, so I can definitely vouch for their efficacy. I love Marauders. Yeah. But I mean, I think in terms I, of... Repeatedly. Sorry, uh, I, I think Ariadna is a is a sector, is, is, sorry, is a faction. All the sectorials follow this, some more than others, but um, is a faction of just universal threat. Right? There's like... I mm-hmm. if I'm playing if I'm facing vanilla aria uh, vanilla nomads right I am not afraid of the aguasil with combi rifle in your deployment zone I'm not not gonna bother me it's there for points it's probably your lieutenant right I don't know why you would take that in vanilla nomads but it might might be right and it's just not gonna do anything you're not gonna run it out and try to problem solve with it uh, I have seen and I have I have both used and uh, and uh, been on the receiving end of a Caledonian volunteer with chain rifle and light shotgun. And it was in vanilla area and it ran across the table and it ate half my deployment zone. Right? Like, <laughs> these things will happen. Classic Ariadna. Yeah, classic even, Ariadna. even the cheap shit in Ariadna, you can't ignore. Yeah. Right? And there's a bunch of. And like the devil dog so, is something you can't ignore. And so, you know, I talk, I've talked about this at length before is like when I face Adam's U.S. Ariadna, there is a correct order to remove things, much like in Blood Bowl, uh-huh. right? There is a correct order to throw blocks, right? You move all your models first, then you throw Absolutely. blocks. You do the highest number of dice first. It's the same with vanilla, playing, playing U.S. Ariadna. You have to kill, you know, the devil dog first, then you kill you know, the, the Foxtrots or whatever, and you, you watch out for the Airborne Rangers, and, and you know, there's, there's a specific order based on what's in the list. That's actually a really interesting analogy, I think, that works for yeah. all of Ariadna, is that it, they really are an army where target priority is important. Yes. And that's why, that's actually why camo markers work so well in their favors, because they yeah. disrupt your target priority. Yes. Um, and you, know, you mentally exhaust your opponent so that they can't make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to say, speaking of like dirt cheap things that you can't ignore, uh, 
Six point desperados. Holy oh crap! My God, they're so amazing. So, so they're six... like sold out everywhere too. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it, they're half the they're ha- they're like half the points they used to be. I think the Desperado with dual assault pistols before was either eleven or thirteen. Before something like I that. Think yeah. 13, 11 was dual heavy pistols. They're like half the price now, and it's they're worth every single point. They're, they're so amazing. Six. They're points. definitely part of why USR Vanilla Ariadna will pretty much always hit the unit cap. Yes. Yeah. Just throw one in. Isn't there? They're also in Dashat or Akari. I just converted generic mercenary motorcyclists Oops. <laughs> to use in both. Yeah, see, they're not but, they're not in the shot. And ooh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, they're in the car. Yeah, that's right. Because I have stuff for a car. And I, I had like the old cum bikers, and I use them as desperado sometimes, <laughs> just for sculpt. Well, the thing there, a lot of people yeah. don't get. And the thing that I actually like about the heavy assault pistol version, or the heavy heavy pistol version, as opposed to the assault pistol version, is that it's their burst two damage fourteen shock in close combat mm-hmm. with CC twenty one. Huge, right? That Huge. plus one, that plus one burst applying to both range and close combat because it's just as long as you're using the heavy pistol, you're a plus one burst. Like pew pew pew. Yeah, exactly. Last I have the Coon Biker, which is a totally different five-point biker. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really big deal. The the Desperado, yeah, like I said, Desperado is why you should always be at fifteen orders. If you're if you're at thirteen, drop something, get up to fifteen, take two Desperados. Yeah, every single time. And uh, again, this is one of the things like the Devil Dog. I can't imagine a list with USR. I don't know why I don't think a Desperado. Because I'll have six points somewhere, and there's not a better choice for six points. Even with Vanilla, I was like, a Caledonian Volunteer or a Desperado, Desperado wins every time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we mentioned, I think the Desperados kind of fit into that. They designed the game around 15 orders. Yeah. They're dirt cheap. They get killed easy. They can't really go face-to-face unless they get way up close. Um. That's why they're cheap, and they're also taking up a slot. But in Ariadna, you've got the extra space. Use it. Well, this is one of those things we're talking about. Ariadna with target priority. The Desperado's not really that high up there, but you can't ignore it entirely because it will get in your face, and it will kill you at CC21 with the heavy pistol. I mean, the nice part about the Desperado... Yeah. like the, The nice part about the Desperado in terms of target priority is that you don't have to go kill it because it will come to you. So you can put something in the way of it that will be annoying. Yeah, it's predictable. Yeah. Yeah. It's also throwing smoke the entire way, which with MSV1 is not as big a deal now, right. but it still helps if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And it can choose to not use its impetuous order. That's also yeah. huge. Yep. Again, huge. Yep. It's big. Their links, they don't have a lot of added link flexibility. Uh, they still have the Ohio one Ohio. They can join grunts. Ohio don't just count as grunts, which would have been cooler. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I, I really want to like the Ohio. I, I've tried oh, so hard to like the Ohio. In in two seconds, I'll tell you how to fix the Ohio. 
Um, but they do have the Unknown Ranger, Wild Bill, and Rosie, which are all wild card. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I put all three of them in my wild card link against John. Oh, sorry. Uh, wild Bill is not a wild card. He is a grunt. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a little bit less flexibility. But, but Rosie adds a cool element to, to any link she wants to join. Unknown Ranger is just a beefcake. Ohio are the unit. Yeah, there were a lot of changes for US Ariadna. Ohio are the unit that I wanted to change the most. Yep. And they changed the least. Very so, disappointing. Yeah, they they gained an NCO APHMG option. Cool. And a one, plus one, one command token lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. The plus one. I don't I never was having a hard time with command tokens in US Ariadna anyways. It's not like I was reforming a lot of links or doing a ton, you know, and yeah, and it's of have full combat groups. <laughs> right. I was mostly using it for that, for switching combat groups. So, like, that was a, a thing that they added that didn't really address the problem. They didn't get the 6-2 movement buff right. that some heavy infantry got. That right there would have been a huge differentiator. Um, they don't have a medic. They don't have a paramedic. I really want to like them. I love the models. So I have I have written in my suggestion uh, to to Heloise over at Carver's Belly. And who knows, maybe one day he'll he'll remember this thought he had of some annoying work or who was like, hey, change these things, please, for me. Um, Make them six two. give them X visors. All the models have binoculars and shit. And yeah. like if a, if a binocular counts as an MSV one for a Marauder, or then then why not have the binoculars and their helmets work as X visors? Right. Um, six two X visors. They all have medikits. Give them regen. That creates like a totally different type of heavy infantry for Ariadna. You could use it to increase their points, which is good because our US Ariadna in particular has a hard time sometimes hitting that cap because you want to take some of the cheap things. They have a lot of really good cheap options, but not a lot of high-end, heavy, expensive options to fill up the rest of those points. Which is the problem I've run into many times writing lists. Yeah, like you want to take, I want to take a couple of Desperados, I want to take some Grand Infiltrators, I want to take um, some hard cases, and I'm at like 260 points. Yeah, and I, at that point I'm like, it's not like I'm spamming like I did Caledonia. I'm taking a variety of troops, but they're all cheap. Yeah, right now they're they're they have too much overlap in terms of what they're competing with when it comes to space in your army with marauders. Right, and, and marauders, like this, this, what you're describing Ohio every time. And what, you, what you're describing I want right to now. take the Ohio because they're beautiful models. Yes. What was that, John? What you're describing right now is the reason I don't play Ariana. I mean, sorry, uh, U.S. Ariana, is because everything is the same. Yeah, like I don't, yeah. I don't care about the Ohio. In fact, my my Moblos are Ohio. I sold the idea from Michael Michael Gatsky, who's the guy who did. I don't know why this oh. caused me to trigger the memory, but he's the guy that turned the Ohio into Moblos. And I was like, well, I'm stealing that idea. Um, and they're so good. Yeah, right. I mean, like they're great models, but I don't care about them, so I don't use them, and I won't play U.S. Ariadna because mm, whatever. There's plenty of great stuff in your story. I know that's for vanilla, but like grunts or marauders are Ohio. So, okay. Yeah. They, they, they're all too similar. Yeah. They don't, they don't differentiate quite enough. Yeah. And I mean, and like, I'm, I'm is... generally one of those people. I try to avoid like just bitching about a unit. 
and I don't I don't think you'll see me really complain about any other unit in any army I play. Um, but the Ohio are just an N four. They're a, a missed opportunity. I think ninety nine percent of the time you see an Ohio on the table, it's because it's either an NCO or a lieutenant with HMG and a ground link. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't. There's not a whole lot of reason to take them. Well, I mean, we have. There I mean, were a couple of games in N3 where I took a five man link of Ohio just for shits and giggles. And I wish I had Marauders instead or just yeah. more grunts instead. Because they're similar enough and they're half the points. Yeah. So. Well, see, that said, I don't think US Ariadna is in a bad place at all in N4. No. There's some unnecessary yeah. whining and complaining on the forums because I can't have 18. Like. Stop it. Take less grunts. Deal with it. Take devil dogs. They're awesome. Take mavericks. They're fucking cool. Take marauders. There's no disagreement. The marauders are awesome. Blackjacks like, are gross. Take, the, the issue I have is I, I want to pay a lot of points for an Ohio that is good. I will pay lots of points and take Ohio yeah. if yeah, right? they were good. Make us salivate over a T2 Mormor equivalent. Oh, does he need to yeah. do that? Yeah. Like, it just needs to be. It doesn't need to be a vet Kazakh or a Mormer. It just needs to be a little bit more interesting. It needs to be not competition for a Marauder. That's all. Give me but, six two and X Visor, and I'll, I'll be happy. To yeah. Be honest. Yeah. yeah. Two yeah. out of three of those things I listed. This this in in, yeah. in in other podcasts I've heard this referred to as poor internal balance. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Ohio. Ohio really suffer from poor internal balance. Otherwise, I think U.S. Ariadna is is in an amazing place. High armor coupled with tons of direct template weapons and high burst and literally their cheapest things in their army are things that can punch way above the above their weight. Worth taking. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Russians. The Russians. The Russians. So. Tartary, from what I could tell, and this makes sense, this is the same with every army that came out in that kind of second to last wave and last wave right. of N3 new army releases, it changed the least. Yep. It didn't need a lot. It didn't need a lot of changes. It's fine. Um, did you find many, like, really big changes? Vet Kazakh, or... Kazakh doctors can join Kazakh links now, which I think Finally. they couldn't before. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just like really silly things like that are now and insane. Yeah, they didn't get any new characters. They still have four tractor moles for some freaking reason. Hey, who, it's <laughs> four tier bots. Who doesn't want four tier bots? Is... Yeah, I don't want to face four tier bots. <laughs> that was very unpleasant. <laughs> It's really funny. Um, <laughs> oh, it is oh, kind of oh, funny. Here we go. They fixed my my only complaint that I had about TAC before. Okay. The only complaint oh. I had about TAC before was the Ratnik model has two rocket launchers. Yes. Uh, but it yeah, does not yeah, fire yes, 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 yes. Like it has two rocket launchers. And now it's got plus one burst. That is rad. And then there's also the the Ratnik, which had the AP the dual Molotox and dual Panzerfausts. Mm-hmm. Now has dual Molotox and a Panzerfaust plus one burst and a Flamen Spear plus one burst. Sure, why not? Which is pretty groovy. I, I think it's pretty it's, funny. 
it's pretty rad. I still, I still don't know. Yeah. And somebody's going to tell me they have an answer one way or another, and that's fine. His name is Clint. Hi, Clint. Um, if the <laughs> answer Faust with plus one burst gets to fire twice at burst two, like the old school dual Panzerfausts, or once at burst two, the only rule I've been able to find talking about how much ammunition is consumed by a modifier to burst shows up in the link team rule. Mm-hmm. And the, the rules for disposable don't mention the amount of dice you roll. You could theoretically have a disposable one burst five gun. So, so yeah, no, I agree entirely. And that was something in N3 that got clarified, in it, and I was surprised that it's this foggy in N4, to be honest. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit upsetting. But, I mean, this is, this is definitely an improvement, right? It's not like a, a quantum leap like it was from 2 to 3, but it's a definite improvement, and we're oh, yeah. facing some problems. Yeah. It'll all get fixed in the next no. fact. When that fact comes out, will be a different story. I wish they would... Well, really what it boils down to is the community needs to step up and uh, use the API and come up with an army change log. Still bitter about that. Um, so we can know what, what's different about it uh, from, from mission to mission. But uh, that will be, like, I, I, hope to, I hope to work on that in my copious free time. So that will maybe something that will happen. I don't know. We'll see. Now, um, I, I will say multiple I, reasons I hope. On this because people aren't playing very often. I, I think yeah. it's the plague. If people played more, they would call this stuff out. Right. I do, I do hope it is the ability to fire twice. And that's because mm -hmm. the big reason isn't just because like pew pew, I want to fire more, more Panzerfaust. But you also run into the issue where in this edition, it does not seem that you have the option of rolling less than your maximum burst. You just roll the burst of the gun is how burst works. Correct. Right. Um, yeah. So if Panzerfaust plus one burst consumed two rounds of ammunition, if you fired through saturation, yeah, if you fire through a saturation zone, you waste all the ammo. So there's there's some weirdness there, but regardless, the HRL now has an extra shot of of heavy rocket, and that is the the awesomest profile, if you ask me, because a big heavy infantry with two gigantic rocket pods on its shoulder is the is the correct answer. Yeah, it's a great profile. Before the Ratnik came out, I was like, eh. I'll, there's so many other things I'd rather take, like the tank hunter. But now with plus one burst on a rocket launcher, I'm like, ooh, that's that's sexy, and it's a sexy model, and I want to take it. I mean, I still like this dude. Right. <laughs> yeah, you like Ratnik with the Vekazik APHMG. Oh yeah, the Vekazik APHMG is gross. You know, now though, now what do you think about the duo of the Ratnik with the Kazakh paramedic T2 rifle? That is. Just that's also fine. Pure. That's gravy. It Acceptable. Is, yep. Yeah. I will play that. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Or yeah. Pick. Pick your. Pick your Ratnik. Apply paramedic. That sounds pretty fun. Now the paramedics don't yeah. suck. I mean, um, I, I, an interesting. Do, do you do, like? I. I don't think you do that though. Right. Why? Well, because like, if if you get hit. You can't paramedic back up to the non-battle ravage version, right? No, but you recover from unconscious to the regular yeah. battle version on thirteens. Uh, I guess as good as a doc. I guess you don't have cubes, but you have dogged, right? Oh, that's true. That's true. You do have dogged yeah. paramedic. So it's kind of odd. It's not. It's, it's not. Yeah. A, it's not. It's not a, a perfect pairing. 
It's not. Yeah, you're right. Because it is a negative. It is. Sort of looking for a negative synergy with dogged. Yeah. I mean, like a Ford observer yeah. just to drag a T2, you know, Fet Kazakh around that can push buttons. That seems fine. I'm okay with that. Right. Uh, and now that you have a more reliable way of getting in there because that plus one burst, it seems good too. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you're, you're not hurting for options here. I could see arguments yeah. for both. I mean, you can certainly use, you can slingshot the paramedic to heal something else in the midfield, right? Like pick up a dog warrior or something. That's worthwhile. Um, yeah, but I will say something else. Stupid fun here in tech. Yeah, Pavel. Uh huh. Pavel's amazing. I actually like, have that up right now. I was going to bring him up next. <laughs> he was he was he was plenty good before. Yes. To me, the biggest change that's on here is the way Berserk works. Yes. Yes. Because now Berserk includes assault. And like, how often do you declare move and somebody delays? You can move again, get closer, get within eight inches. Yep. And then your next turn, Berserk them out of camo. You can surprise attack, berserk them. Surprise attack will apply the negative modifier yep. even to a non-face-to-face roll. So they will be at negative three against your hitting them on martial 26. Arts. Yeah. Well, your, your <laughs> negative three for martial arts won't apply if you use berserk because it's not a face-to-face roll. But Ooh. you will be hitting them on 26 and they'll be at negative three on normal rolls. <laughs> With a T2 right. close combat weapon. Yep. Even even the Oyori can't ignore that. Yeah, that's that's a little scary. That's a little scary. Yeah, that seems fun. Is there still the stipulation that impetuous units can't enter the camo state? Hmm. Oh no! Yes, there is. It's it's written in frenzy. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. I'm like, can he re camo as impetuous now? No, they. They caught that. They caught that. But he but can't. He can't it's until. Pretty fun. He can't until the states phase, right? Correct. So he could recamo for the rest so, of that turn. Does he pop yeah, he out of the states phase? Is that how it works? I'm sorry. So, like, I, I murder a thing. I recamo. My turn ends. I'm in the state phase. He's now frenzy. Does he pop out of camo? You lose the marker state. You lose it immediately. You lose it immediately. Okay. When they gain nice. the impetuous skill, they lose any marker state they are in. Got it. Okay. So they they covered their ass on that one. Yeah, they did. But still, just being able to berserk out of camouflage at someone with how, like I said, with how frequently people delay his camo. Yes. And there is no more six sense delay. Right. That's that's a bit more relevant. Yep. Dog warriors got simplified quite a bit. Thank God. Yeah, which is good. I mean, people wouldn't take them because the rules are complicated, which is a shame because the models are beautiful and they're good. They don't know how to deal with this. I'm just not going to bother. Which is a thing that happened a lot with N3 and N2 and N1. Right. So they still they still take they only take up one spot in the order pool now. Is that correct? That sounds correct. Yes. Yeah. And they they have attack awareness. Are you talking about antipodes or dog warriors? I'm sorry, I meant antipodes. Ah. Okay. Oh. They take, oh, so, they take one so so what what has changed is they are now the same as puppet bots in that they have peripheral control. Yes. So 
They yes. take up one slot in your order pool, and they have a tackleware order to make up for the fact that originally the antipode pack itself was a separate thing within a regular order. So you're not losing orders, Correct. right? And you're actually gaining orders for the unit because you can actually pack in 10 orders plus the tackleware in one group if you really wanted to. And the benefit of mm -hmm. this is now the handler can actually do stuff, right? Because it's a peripheral now, as opposed to this like crazy antipode pack that has like a special rule that's like six pages long, right? So oh, the way yeah, this works... Was that? So that was insane. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was yeah, so confusing. Because I, I, I feel that them, and I never used the smoke grenade launcher, or I rarely used the smoke grenade launcher on a handler because I was busy using the antipodes. Right. But now you can move them both around at the same time. You move the, the handler, the antipodes do a thing. You shoot the smoke, the antipodes do a different thing, right? So uh, you can set up smoke for them in, in over the course of multiple orders, right? And now the smoke grenade launcher shoot farther. Uh, it's, it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a good synergy. Used to set up for other stuff in your list as well. Um, I think I think it's a huge improvement. Uh, it's very streamlined. I, I really like the puppet the effects on the puppet bots, right? Because you can move the hacker puppet master and the and the FO puppet bot around at the same time. You know, you get free coordinated orders. You do the same thing here. Yeah, it's fantastic. Very this very is streamlined. The antibody assault pack. Was it availability two before? Yes, I they were only availability it was one. Availability two. There are one in vanilla, two in tag. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like so nobody what, ever did what that. What I will say, silly. this link is how I wish they would go back to Morats and redo the Gackies. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> because right now they're still, that. yeah, they're still irregular. Which, but you can link them, but there's no rule. They lost the ability to turn their irregular orders regular. Right. Yeah. So now it's it's a pretty useless link. Mm-hmm. Where uh, they're, it's, they're it's situationally useful. Yeah. But just doing it just like this, where you take an Osnat and maybe up to four Gakis, that way it fits with their box distribution. Mm -hmm. I think that would that would work a lot better and make it a lot smoother rules-wise. Mm -hmm. And it makes, oh, you know, totally makes Antipode's less unique, but it, it makes sure that a rule is more prevalent in the game so people are used to facing it. Sure. Makes sense. I think I think that's more important than making the antipodes unique, to be honest. Because one of the biggest problems I have with recruiting new people for this game is how many exceptions there are and special things to remember yeah. for how many factions there are. Yeah. Right. And especially for things that do similar things. There's no reason for the Gakis to be that different from how antipodes work. It's daunting, yeah. frankly. Right? There's just so much stuff going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's I, I they're not really not unique if we're honest. Like, is is this not? Yeah, unique? it's like a controller have, have, and some a, wild animals. You have three camo tokens wandering around the wandering around the, the battlefield that have sensor, super jump. They move six six, right? They eat your face off. Yeah, right. Like this is a pretty it's unique plenty. situation. I mean, like just just it's, because the rules are similar, yeah. right? They're they're good. Yeah, just comparing them against the puppet master, right? That's a pretty different flavor, different feel. That was a completely different thing on the table. Um, yeah, yeah you guys. Pretty cool. Yeah, there's a couple other like random changes, right? Like, um, like so, well, I guess more accurately, stuff that is is uh, is very similar. But the dynamo is upgraded a little bit now. It's impetuous, as opposed to not being impetuous. Um, oh so yeah, it, yeah, it had the distinction 
of being the only non-impetuous bike, I guess, with the exception of the um, the 112 motorized guy. 112. Um, but now it can shoot both mines in one go because the mine dispenser is whatever silly rule they made up to give it burst two instead of just giving it burst two, um, which was annoying. But well, burst two would have meant it could fire twice, two shots twice with the disposable. I guess. I suppose. Then they can just give it disposable one, and then it's fine, right? So I don't know. Very silly. They they just needlessly complicated things, right? There there was like, true, if, true, true. if you are self consistent in your rule set, there's a way to describe the thing you want, and then you're done. But what they've done is they've added a thing that added adds another special case, which is the whole thing that PJ just said, which complicates you know getting new people into the game. Nevertheless, um, the Dynamo are fantastic. Uh, it's a it's a it's a eight four bike. It does amazing things. The Ford Observer, I think, is an excellent choice, right? It has a rifle, flash balls, assault pistol, and the mines, and the smoke, and it can push buttons. Um, yeah, what's not to like, right? Every, everything here is good. Um, even even the submachine gun Panzerfaust version is great. Uh, we saw that put to great use for 15 points, right? This is also dirt cheap for what it does. Um, so, yeah, I, there's nothing right. really bad to say about this. You do lose the ability to get off the bike and be in cover because you're still impetuous. Um, but I feel like that's fine. Yeah. And I do think the last thing I want to touch on here with TAC is that if you're a new player coming to Ariadna, I think that TAC gives you the most Ariadna experience without jumping head, you know, feet first into vanilla. Jumping feet first into vanilla is a very tough thing. And you will basically be lim- like, yeah. if you don't own everything, it's much easier. But speaking as somebody that has all of the things, it's an incredibly difficult list building challenge because so many things are similar. Decision fatigue. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's rough. Yeah. You you hit an analysis paralysis wall. You're like, I don't. But this I could take. But I this this is also the I don't know. It's so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the smallest slice of Ariadna you can get and still get all the layers of the cake. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Like, it, it, I was in a weird spot because, like, I had everything already before Tartary came out, and I didn't buy into it heavily when it first came out. But with Vanilla, it's like, there's enough stuff there I want, at which point I can now play the sub-faction, no problem. Right. But, there, yeah, you hit analysis, analysis paralysis in Vanilla so quick with so many options that are available to you, and you only have 15... Points and switch don't really matter at that point. You only have 15 slots to fill. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're coming into Ariadna as a new player and you're like, I like the sound of vanilla Ariadna, but it's a lot of stuff. Like, start with TAC, baby steps. Mm-hmm. And well, most of the stuff in TAC, the you'll use in vanilla. I, I love the way things are packaged now with Code 1 and with the, the, the faction packs and whatnot to keep things on the shelves, but... It's very tricky now to do just a straight vanilla army off the bat as a new player because you're suddenly buying a bunch of superfluous models. Can you even do that? It's now? interesting. Well, there is no more. Like you like there's stuff that's out of print now. You might not be able to do that. Period. Like you certainly can't for Ariadna. You can't buy a bunch of Caledonian stuff, or you won't be able by the end of the year. Merovingia is out of print, right? You can't start Toa yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Um, steel is out of print too, right? Um, yep, yep. Yeah. So I I don't think you can in a lot of cases, which I which I think is sort of maybe the decision that they made. It's like, well, 
we're providing these these what are they called action packs right action packs yeah. to get people into the game yeah. they're a limited set of minis they'll they'll give you basically the same flavor you'll have you won't get the complete tactical flexibility but honestly a metro is a is a volunteer is a, is a is a, a line Kazakh, right i mean i was about to say grunt but grunts are very different um yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean well, like and, and honestly speaking as a retailer i i like that i like the army packs i like the the direfos packs i like the small sub packs that the code one boxes that they're making because it it makes it easier to stock yeah and you know what's the most genius move they did was the direfos packs because like one of the things that is the is is the is the uh best way to sell stuff is like word of mouth right you're like no we should buy mm-hmm. this thing together because you play this faction and I play this the faction the other faction in this box. Right. So together right, right. we have to buy it. We're doing this as a team. We're together making a bad decision, and then we're going to go have to tell them our, fa- our you know our family about it, right? So like and then and then and then there's like a fight for for who gets the HVT model, right? So you can actually like encourage people to play. It's it's genius genius marketing. Well, I, think no, the other... yeah, I, I, I use that so much. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. I, I know the, you do. You, you guys. <laughs> I mean, the other brilliant I, I thing that they did not... here, the other really intelligent thing they did here is that the, their price point is the same price as the quote, start collecting uh, sets from GW games. Mm-hmm. Only, and... only these are genuine start collecting boxes that you can actually start collecting with and play with right out of the box. Yep. Yeah, as opposed to like half the G or more than half of the GW ones, you're like, so you start with cool, three so of start these. Playing, like, yeah, buy three of this box. That's a good start. Um, where you know this the the like the tack box is a pretty serviceable three hundred point list. Yep. Yeah, if I remember correctly. And if you're gonna do fifty, I mean, it's you're good right out of the box for one fifty. Solid. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's smart to raise their to raise their bar from their. You know, their $50 start collecting box, just make it $100 and actually get people starting playing the game. Like, that was the only thing I was disappointed in when I started playing Infinity with US Ariadna. It's like, cool, buy this $100 box. It comes with a bunch of terrain that you won't use because you're a terrain snob and you make all your own terrain, anyways. And it's like 137 points. It's like, well, neat. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's a uniquely US Ariadna poem. Problem as a person who owns a lot of Infinity and and bought that box yeah. and never fair, using it fair as a yeah. as a sub because like I don't know I it's, it's because still the Devil Dog is in there and it's a huge chunk of pewter and it's very heavy that's the yeah problem. yeah if they had sold yeah, it as the a separate action, box the new action packs they're doing right the new action packs they're doing are very geared towards an army yeah. and if you take the yeah. action pack and then add like the dire foes. You're pretty much at 300 points, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's been a, a really smart direction. Anyways, let's get to let's get to the newest Ariadna, Ariadna in space, 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 space. In space, nobody can hear you, space. Ariadna. You, nobody can hear your freedom. Space nobody bear, can, space bears. Um, so this is a weird army. Yeah. Cosmoflot is, so is weird. I really like Cosmoflot. 90... I don't know how to play it yet. <laughs> I, I like what it does. No idea what it does, but 90% of it is just the fact that they get that new Margot and Durak model, which is probably one of my favorite models in all of Infinity right now. 
I, I want to get the large-scale versions of them to paint, and I can't justify it right now. I want them so bad. Why get the large-scale one? You can get three of the regular one. <laughs> and try different paint schemes. One for vanilla, yeah. one for Cosmoflat. You could put, you could have a wolf with like a bubble helmet. Huh? You could sculpt <laughs> yeah. that thing. Give them the orange pumpkin spacesuits from like the 1960s. Oh yeah. my god. There you go. Um, now who's selling who bottles, PJ? <laughs> so the, the I was not interested in Cosmoflot until Obi just ruined it for me. And he's like, you know what they're like? They're like a James Bond villains army. And then I watched Moonraker, and now I'm like, I need to do this. I didn't yes. know I needed a lot before, but like, I want my Rokots to be in like gold lame bell bottoms and weird <laughs> silver padded shoulders. Like, I want, think, okay, think about it, think about it, right? So they've got goons, right? You've got the Rokots, which is perfect. They're just, some like random dude standing around yeah. the corner with an SMG. Who's, who's, who's going to get punched in the face by Bond? Right. It's yeah, just happening. Perfect. Done. Sold. Then. If, if the models look like this, I am. I mean, just here's my bank account information. CB. Just bill me. I don't care. Right. Okay. So every every James Bond movie basically has two women. What yes. <laughs> one, one of them is the scary woman and one of them is the sexy woman and so we have and they're both hot they're both hot yeah, yeah of course of course but so we have Mara, uh margo and durak the scary woman and her boyfriend um and then we have the sexy woman with uh with yusha mcneil like this is perfect we have the femme fatale and then the fatal femme it's it's amazing we've got like the 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 elite troopers right like the the guys who might have one speaking line before they're shot by James Bond with the front of Vicks. Then we have the super troopers, right? The, 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 the um, oh, yeah, the, oh, sorry. I was thinking the Cosmos sold out. Oh, right? like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, they, where they step out with have, the big gun. Yeah, exactly. And he's the last guy that James Bond kills before he enters the lab and sees what horrible things they've really been doing. It has to fight a bunch of Vocalock. And then there's the secret weapon, which is the Polaris Bearpod in the very back with the handler, which is another inexplicably attractive woman with a terrifying wild animal. Um, It's James Bond. In a spacesuit. A bear, terrifying wild animal in a spacesuit. It's a lot cheaper just to get the prop to your head and put it in like an orange parka than it was to buy the whole bear. So... (laughs) It's it's perfect. This is the James Bond villain army. And ever since he said that, it's like shit. Yeah, you, so, you, you Adam, can even I'm have to share with you now. Like you I have... actually have my, my HVT model for this army already. Yeah, what's that gonna be? Like, dude, Hangar what? 18 before they went out of business, they had like a Soviet pinup girl on Sputnik in an orange space jumpsuit. And I oh, yeah. grabbed her. And that's my HVT model for this army. Whenever it eventually comes out, and I'm like ITS-12, oh, we have a zero-G space corridor combat mission. Yes. Exactly the model you're talking about. She's got, like, the cosmonaut helmet and is giving the peace sign, right? Yes, yes, that's yes. her. Amazing. Yeah, I no. grabbed her last year when Hangar 18 was going out of business. I was like, 
sold. That's my that's my HPT for Cosmo Flood. So I, I have no idea how to play them, but I, I kind of don't care how they will play, but I kind of don't care because in my imagination, they're all in gold lame. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I can't unsee it now. I found the cosmonaut. This one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's her. That's her. She's in a box right now over in my shelf. Oh, there you go. That's a great HBT. Boom. Perfect done. HBT model. Easy. Yeah, her. Done. And and if you could also pull up, you know, something from Moonraker with the the gold spacesuits, uh, yes. preferably preferably on the bad guys. Oh, and Caden is Jaws. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> He's a big scary motherfucker that seems to always sneak up on him. Like <laughs> he should be that sneaky. I know, right? Like, have you seen the guy? He's 11 feet tall. No, it's the guys with, like, the big gold padded boxing hats on that are always behind. (laughs) um, Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on the name of the villain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's perfect. It's it was made. It was meant to be um, the James Bond army. But anyways, get into actually like very big archer. And James Bond energy, like, yeah, straight. Yeah, see, now that I've said it, you can't unhear it. That's you all go, you're gonna you think go. of when you look at the list. These, these are the yeah. goons, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See the guy on the right. That's it. Okay, sure. God, this is this is it. I can't, this is I can't unsee it. And it's you know 1960s base space technology. It's perfect. I, so I did the Kickstarter for uh, Starship Modeler, the, the most recent one, which is like Expanse-themed ships. So they're all vertical ships and rockets. And the idea in my head was like I could build a rocket field table, and it would be proper zero-g with all the the, the the docking ports up high and whatnot. And you can have acrylic stands for the troops to say what's what si- you know, what's how high they are. Oh, I see. And it's just a moon base. It's just a, cool. a giant moon base. And now I have an army that I have to do it with. And I, I hate you. Thank you. Right. You're <laughs> welcome. I think somebody else needs to do it or I'm going to have to do it. Well, you know, we could both do part of it and then we could meet up for Rose City Raid and I could bring myself with me and we could combine our forces. I love that idea, but I never do part of anything. <laughs> it's true. I see what you're doing there and <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm mad, but I don't blame you. I never eat half a sandwich. I never buy only half a sectoral. Um, <laughs> it's true. So, so Rokots, um, I think Rokots availability five, they're just like, as a unit, you, you're expecting them to be like the generic, this is the standard unit for Cosmoflot. The big, big, big thing here, though, I think is that SMG discharge grenades profile for 10 points mm-hmm. yeah i think you you will see five rocots and mini less because they're availability five they're not available total probably on purpose you don't, you don't like the, the rifle light shotgun one for midfield templates uh, yeah i like the rifle light shotgun one for midfield templates at 12 points but i love the d chart i love the uh, grenades it's a fizz 11 it, so it's not amazing it's not bad 
It's like a Scots guard and a volunteer combined together, and that's what the road cut is. Let's let's put it the way, John. You can you can't go wrong with either of them. I agree with that. They're both good. I'm I'm just saying maybe don't take five of one, just like three of one, two of the other kind of situation. That's what I'm advocating Perfect. for. Deal. Okay, I Deal. can do that. That's fair. Um. Yeah, I think they're an interesting army. The fluff behind the Polaris bear pod is pretty messed up. Um, if you have a chance to read that, I recommend it. It's basically Russians are like, we can make this mate with bear, yes? Like, <laughs> they, 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 spoiler, they lock an antipode and a bear in the room, and what comes out is the uh, bear pod. It's awful and terrifying. It's good. I mean, it's it's a got a, DM, a burst two damage fourteen chain rifle. It doesn't jump, but it climbs. It's armor five and total immunity <laughs> and dogged so, it, climbing plus. Yeah, God, oh gross. My God, it is the secret weapon. <laughs> it's but, like in terms of how they play. I well, think that's interesting because they struggle a lot with points. From what I've seen, list building with them, like everything, this is all. Hypothetical, right? Because none of us have had a chance to play right. uh, Cosmoflot since it came out. And you don't have any models for it. Um, but they have a lot of characters that are not cheap between like Wallace, the Unknown Ranger, Caden, a lot of things for Ariadna. Plot points. Yeah, Margot and Durak. Um, but they, are, they do bring kind of like the all stars of Ariadna. The table. By the way, the Unknown Ranger is apparently the only person in U.S. ARF that trusts going to space. <laughs> There's not one other U.S. ARF thing in here. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't go into space. I don't. We haven't done that since the '60s. Like, I don't, I don't trust that. Well, we never went to the moon. Now, I mean, so that, how could we go to space? Out. Really, what it was is if masks didn't protect them from viral, they started to sell, yeah, protect them from zero G. Yep. So. Wah, 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 take your wah, little, wah. take your little paper masks and, and you guys go to space. Um, yeah. J- j- so just going U- Ushia Mirage Five, First Strike Dawn, and Unknown Ranger. You're at 172 points and three Swick already. Sounds about right. That's a good start. <laughs> the sprinkling, f- sprinkling five Rokot infiltrators because you know <laughs> <clears throat> a Cataram pair of commandos. No, they have, they have really good options. I'm curious to see how it all shakes out. I'm I'm betting. Here we go. I think I already made this prediction before on the podcast, but I'm too drunk to remember. So the prediction now is that the next uh, Code 1 starter set is Ariadna versus Nomads, and it is Cosmoflot versus Corregidor. Based on nothing, I have no information. Tony tells me jack shit. But that is the... That is the prediction that I have, I am making and sticking to. I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. I'd buy the hell of that. I'd I'd probably buy so, that set too. Curious, would you take the Varingian Guard in Cosmo Flawed? Yes. Yeah, sure. Varingian Guard. So, they're good. They're, they're amazing. But we're running into the issue now. Like I'm at two hundred some odd points almost. 188 points in three swick, and I've got five orders. This is not an Ariadna problem I'm used to. I know, right? No, Ranging Garter, I mean, they're solid, right? They they combine kind of all of the things you want in one warband. 
right? They've yeah. got the gene rifle. They have the smoke grenades. They have impetuous. They have dogged. They have berserk. So it's it's kind of like a slightly better Galwegian. Yeah. For a couple more points. Um, and a heavy pistol, so they can actually face-to-face someone if you get up close, not totally disrespectfully. Like, it's not a... They're solid. There's there's nothing really to to, to hate on a Vrangian. Yeah, I mean, the BS-10 is, is a bit of a sad point. I have come into situations where that has been relevant. Um... And it's very annoying in some cases, especially when you're like dealing with camo guys, which they will because they'll be in the midfield um, and the camo mm-hmm. guy will dodge and they won't want a chain rifle or whatever. Um, so it's it's there. I think like um, Starmada, Cosmoflot suffers from list building issues. Not that to say like I, what I'm, what I'm yeah. getting at is not that it's it's impossible to build lists or the lists are bad. It's that you need to have context more so than other factions. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I can you just can't build... just make a, a yeah. generic list that you're happy with, say, half the missions that you'd be playing against. You have to know exactly what missions you're playing against for every single list you write for this. Yeah. Right. Sure, and if you want, like, the other interesting thing to think about is if you want to talk about, like, long-range high-burst firepower, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times when you're building a list, you think about where's my HMG? Where's the thing that is going to burst down the ARO piece the enemy has? They only have Vokalok. Mm-hmm. That's their only HMG in the faction. And they're not bad. It's Which a, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a Wolver with an HMG. It's certainly not bad, but that is a restriction that you have to build within, and that's not something that other Ariadne sectorals have to deal with, even US Ariadne or Maravingia. Sure. I mean, to, I, to I, fair, I think you do have the MSV1 portable autocannon with the Cosmosol dot. Which solves that problem a little bit. I mean, it is, it's only burst two, but only one of them needs to hit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If both hit, you'll delete anything, basically. Unless it's a yeah. uh, uh, Marauder in cover. Um, but I, I, I think they, they just apply, apply stuff that you don't need long range firepower for, right? Why do you need an HMG when you can just put a wolf in the butt? Right, and that is true. The Cosmos Soldat is their other HMG. Um, but yeah, you know, exactly. Like you can you can wolf them. You do have good midfield presence with them between the Rokots and the yeah. SAS mm-hmm. and Yusha. Yusha is a great mm-hmm. way of deleting stuff, right? Like she's she can start basically yeah. right next to whatever is bothering you and burst five assault pistol pistol it down. So yeah. Well, I think, I think the idea with with this entire force too is with ITS-12 and some of the missions, Corvus Belly wants us playing on space tables and uh, playing on spaceship tables, which means tight corridors and places where HMGs don't really make sense. And I don't know if every community has a table like that. Yeah. That's it. Those tables are difficult to assemble sometimes. Um, I mean, they're expensive to assemble. That too, right? I, sorry, is uh, I was reading chat here. Um, I think I think as far as uh, so 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 Greg says, how do you guys always manage to convince me actually play new armies when I watch uh, these 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 podcasts? Uh, well, I think it's because all three of us play all the things. Yes, right. Sorry, and, Greg. 
And you're um, also yeah, I bet. out of the three people here, two of them are ex miniature salesmen and one is a current sorry, one is a current miniature salesman and the other one is an ex miniature salesman. So there's that. Number one of the West Coast, two thousand six. What? <laughs> Top sales of Games Workshop Apocalypse when it released. Oh, oh shit. Shit. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. how no, I... is the answer. <laughs> Right, like if you don't want to be enthusiastic about a new army, don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, that's that's sort of the thing I think that we all share, right? The three of us, when we approach a new army, we we try to uh, figure out um, what makes it good and not what makes it bad, right? And that's that's a pretty. I, big... I want like everything with Fortress Valley. I want to love it naturally. Yeah. So I will find whatever I like about it and be excited about that. So Cosmoflot, I'm stupid excited for modeling potential, playability, the the being shoehorned as an Ariadne player into an elite combat force where I'm having to I I might not reach my 15 model cap with Cosmoflot, which is crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. I probably will, but the possibility is there that I won't. I, I will be at 14 models or 10 models. I think that was a very intentional design space that they put Cosmoflot into, though. Which throws a, a veteran Ariadne player off entirely. <laughs> I do not have maximum orders. I am confused. I, I mean, I have played vanilla 10-order uh, vanilla Ariadne lists before. The... Uh, um... Super Friends list, or whatever we called it. Oh my god, that was yeah. the best list ever. Where every single thing was a named so character. Good. Yeah, that was an intense game. <laughs> I barely won that. Uh, oh, we haven't even tried doing that in N4. We'll have to do that later. We, that'll happen, um, don't that worry. That's happening. Because, yep, yeah, because I think I think it's that time. Well, you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games. All right, John, why don't you uh, why don't you take it away? Yep. So, if you're interested, you can read the Unexpendables Battle Report. That's the report we're referring to. Uh, but it is time to go to sleep. So, if you are going to get a chance to play a game in uh, this crazy time on tabletop or in person safely, please do so and try to keep a hidden deployment or airborne deployment model in you know hidden state until the end of the game. Let us know how that went for Roman Academy mission. You can also paint up a model with a stealth rule and send it in uh, for a uh, chance to win some cool prizes. Uh, if you like what we do, we are here every Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and, um, you know, we will uh, we'll be here talking about stuff, uh, especially Infinity as other war games. We will also uh, do our shows on Sunday mornings at 9, although that may change Coming in the future, we'll, we'll definitely be posting on Facebook about that. And we have our uh, th uh, tabletop throwdown show. Um, and from there, we will uh, uh, post everything on YouTube, as well as this podcast, which is going to be on um, all of your favorite podcast apps, you know, Apple Podcast or Spotify and all that stuff. So you can find us on all the things. If you like what we do, uh, please consider um, subscribing on one of these social media channels or supporting us on Patreon. DJ, you got something you want to plug? Hey, 
So I'm actually the general manager for Board and Brew Gaming here in Houston, Texas. We are the premier gaming venue in the entire southeast along the Gulf Coast. We like to call it the third coast. We have some of the best gaming tables, some of those beautiful gaming tables that covers a variety of board games. We can accommodate up to 40 Infinity Gamers simultaneously on painted, beautiful tables. You'll be happy about it. Unfortunately, there's a plague going on, so we can't have anyone here right now. Sad trombone noises. Womp womp. But we are doing curbside service right now until there's a point where you can come in, play some games, play some tournaments with us, and drink, drink a pint. We have beers on tap. We work with local microbreweries to get some of the best beers within the region available to you for your gaming with airbrush services, club services. Check us out on Facebook, Board Brew Gaming in Houston, Texas. We're fan- We'd love to have you as soon as we can safely have you here in our gaming venue. I'm looking forward to the apocalypse being over so that I can start going places and doing things again. Yep. I would love to come right, to your store. We will come visit I want and to eat host amazing food in Houston with you. We can do the podcast. But my from tables there. are so pretty. <laughs> That's my whole shtick. It's like build pretty tables and they will come. And they did until the plague happened. Well, if you if you get a chance to do so safely, visit PJ down in Houston. I have it's a great time. Uh yeah. And someday he'll be up here hanging out. The- the food is delicious. It is. I can, can confirm. The food is amazing. All right, guys. Well, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere that you, pet, you catch your you catch your podcast. Any app you hit, one of those things. Man, script. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. I don't know if we deserve five, but I'd appreciate it. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitch and YouTube and subscribe on all the things. Follow us on Facebook. Any of the little emojis and symbols and icons and things that you click to let me know that you like what I do, it will go a long way towards helping keeping me uh, steady in alcohol. And this also, in turn, helps me bring you the best content that I can and buy cool things like a microphone so I don't sound terrible. Yes, my voice does sound that terrible even through the best quality setup I could get. And John, cool little keypads so you can push buttons and sound effects and get animated GIFs of silly little things while he uh, does his job running his end of the show. Uh, We really appreciate it, and thank you all for sticking with us through this exceptionally long episode. This is what you get when you get three drunk people talking about Ariadna when they all play Ariadna. So, (laughs) it happens. Um, It'll be less long next time, I promise, because Toha. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. Stay safe out there, everybody. Take care. Have a good time. Good night. Cheers, y'all.